Welcome to the show. Anthony Alejandrez here. Happy to be back with you on BMR Access today for this very special edition of the show. Against some very tough odds, the 2020 race season has been completed, and it was a landmark year for Bill McAnally Racing. It marked the first year for them, racing under the Arkham Menard Series banner. Their multi-car team was made up entirely of rookie drivers this year, and at the end of it all, one of those rookie drivers, Jesse Love, brought home Bill McAnally Racing's 10th all-time West Series Championship. Jesse Love also helped pick up Bill McAnally Racing's 100th win overall as a race team, and possibly most significantly of all, championship number 10 comes in the 30th anniversary season for Bill McAnally Racing and Napa Auto Parts. It was also a landmark year in many other ways. 2019 NASCAR k Pro Series West champion Derek Krause embarked on his rookie season in the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series with McAnally Hilgeman Racing, but we'll have more on that later on. For today's special episode of BMR Access, we will talk to the drivers who have led to this milestone of 10 championships. We'll start things off with our current Arkham Menard Series West champion, Jesse Love, and work our way backwards through the years of BMR championship winning drivers. Following Jesse Love, we will be joined by 2019 champion Derek Krause to talk about his years in NASCAR West competition and on his 2020 Truck Series season with McAnally Hilgeman Racing. Our third guest on the show will be 2016 and 2017 NASCAR k Pro Series West champion Todd Gilliland, and then we'll be joined by 2015 NASCAR k Pro Series West champion Chris Eggleston, who picked up his championship on the 25th anniversary season for BMR and Napa. Eric Holmes will then join us to talk about his 2008 and 2010 NASCAR West championships with Bill McAnally Racing, and he'll be followed up by another driver who won two championships with Bill McAnally, Brendan Gaughan, who picked up the NASCAR Winston West Championships in 2000 and 2001. Finally, after Brendan Gaughan, we'll be joined by Bill McAnally Racing's very first championship-winning driver, Sean Woodside, the 1999 NASCAR Winston West Champion. And we're not finished there. After we talk with BMR's seven championship-winning drivers, will be joined by the very first man to win a race behind the wheel of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car for BMR, 1998 Bill McAnally Racing driver Gary Smith. Then, once we wrap things up with our BMR drivers, we will chat with the man himself. Team owner Bill McAnally will join us to talk about being a 10-time championship-winning car owner and about his relationship with Napa Auto Parts and how that has blossomed into an incredible 30-year partnership. It's going to be an action-packed episode with many, many great guests, and I'm glad to have you along for the ride. And before Jesse Love joins us here on the show, let's take a moment to appreciate this season that Jesse Love and the number 19 Napa Power Premium Plus Toyota team just had. A second-place finish to open the season at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway Bullring. Jesse Love then picked up win number one at the Utah Motorsports Campus in the first race of the doubleheader then went on to win his second race of the season on 4th of July at Irwindale Speedway. Jesse Love's third and final win of the season came in the second half of the season at Colorado National Speedway in a fierce battle with championship competitor Blaine Perkins. And of course, he would go on to clinch the 2020 championship in the season finale at Phoenix Raceway with a 14th place finish. Jesse Love was also crowned the 2020 Arkham Menard Series West Rookie of the Year with his incredible season. 
He is now the second BMR driver alongside Todd Gilliland to win Rookie of the Year and the NASCAR West Series Championship in the same year. So here we are. We've made it through the 2020 Arkham Menard Series West season. Jesse Love is your champion. Bill McAnally Racing is now a 10-time championship-winning team under the NASCAR and ARCA West Series banner. And now, joining us here to kick off this special edition of BMR Access, none other than our newest champion of the Arkham Menard Series West, driver of the number 19 Napa Power Premium Plus Toyota Camry out of Menlo Park, California, Jesse Love joins us on the show. Jesse, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just getting a lot of work done today, obviously. With race season coming up, you know, there's a lot of different uh, things that a driver has to repair. So can't leave any stone unturned this year with uh, having a lot of good stuff going on. So just got to uh, make sure that I'm as prepared as I can be and, uh, and get ready to uh, have a good year. Now, Jesse, uh, the Arkham Menard Series West season wrapped up in Phoenix about a little over a month ago. But you've been keeping yourself really busy ever since then. Can you tell us about some of the racing you've been up to since the checkered flag fell in Phoenix? Yeah, I did a little bit of uh, open wheel racing, a little sprint car stuff. Uh, not too much, but uh, a little bit here and there. And uh, But everything's kind of winded down a little bit, especially with the holidays and all that stuff. And spending some time with my family. Uh, we always go to Mexico every year for uh, Thanksgiving as a family deal. With not being able to see my family you know, a whole lot with all the traveling I do, it's, it's always good to catch up with them and, and spend time with my family. So uh, that's been good, but I'm, I'm ready to go back racing here pretty soon. I also saw recently that you've got your plans firmed up to race in the upcoming Chili Bowl Nationals in January. How much are you looking forward to that, doing that for the first time? Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Chili Bowl is one of those races that I personally have been going to for the last few years and something that I've, I really want to uh, do well at, and, and that's something that's a big deal for me and, and all my fans. You know, They get to uh, always watch these school races, and, and hopefully they can uh, – Threw on for me on the big night, and we can uh, get a really solid finish out of it. Well, Jesse, let's uh, talk a bit about how you came to be a driver for Bill McAnally Racing. You're from Northern California. BMR is a Northern California race team. When did you first meet Bill McAnally, and when did you know you were going to be racing full-time in a BMR car in the Arkham Menard Series West? Yeah, so when I was about, probably about 10 years old, 9, 10 years old, my dad and I were starting to get more serious about doing some stock car stuff and you know there are a lot of different options on the table you know I still remember having that conversation with my dad and uh and it was really just whether or not you know is it possible where me and my dad might you know buy our own stock car and kind of run it like that hire a crew chief or are we going to go run for somebody so uh you know we started talking to a lot of different people uh Mike Nake and and people like that and, and then we went to uh Bill shop kind of see what that operation was like obviously you know it's not a junior late model program like i was running at the time but it was uh it's still a canon west of that time program so uh we kind of just went there to uh to check it out and see how that program was ran uh that was a really big eye-opener for me and we got to uh see a different aspect of you know what could come if if we do it the right way and uh that definitely gave me a lot of motivation moving forward and that was like i said before just such an eye-opener Seeing a shop that big, seeing such a large organization like that, meeting Bill uh, was also super cool. So uh, definitely cool to go back there a few years later and be driving for him in the ArcOS. So that was super cool and uh, definitely one of those uh, memories that uh, you can't forget. And can you talk a bit about your initial expectations for racing ArcOS this season? Because this was your rookie season 
but to me, it didn't feel like a typical rookie season. You picked up a couple wins very early on and had the championship lead very early. Was this uh, exceeding your expectations at all, or were you thinking this could happen this way the whole time? Yeah, you know, how I kind of go about things is well, whatever I'm going to do, I want to win at, and I'm, and I'm going to win at it and, and go for championships and go for wins. So it was kind of one of those things for me where I just wanted to prepare the best I could to give myself an opportunity to do so. And I think that uh, we did a really good job at that, and the whole team did a phenomenal job. And I was ready to win a championship, you know, from the first race of the season. I, know, I knew I was going to do it and knew it could happen. So uh, one of those deals where – had a lot of confidence throughout the whole year, and it definitely paid off. And that first win for you came after the series went on hiatus for a few months, just after the season had opened. You guys returned to the track at Utah Motorsports Campus for a doubleheader race day, and you went out and you won race number one of the day, first of your Arca West career on a road course. And now uh, your racing resume, I mean, it's quite versatile for somebody your age, and road racing is something you do have experience in. But I guess I've just let your dirt racing experience and the late model short track experience kind of overshadow that a bit. Is road racing something that you're fairly confident at, or were you surprised at all by how great you were able to run in both races that day? Yeah, that was kind of one of those weekends where I knew that race and Irwindale, those are the two races where I figured were going to be probably the hardest for me to win. And obviously we won both of them, which is good. So, um, But, you know, Irwindale had its, has its own challenges with, you know, there being so many good cars at Irwindale. And there are so many good drivers. Like, there's a lot of Irwindale aces, I guess you could say. Um, just like when you go to a place like Pensacola in Florida, there's a lot of drivers that are just really good at that track. So I had to balance that a little bit and understand that. And same with road racing. You know, I did a little bit of road racing. Um, obviously, like you said, I had experience in it, uh, running some legend cars on road course. But, you know, kind of when you're going up against guys like Will Rogers and Blaine Perkins, who grew up in go-karts, Will Rogers, who, like, all he really does is, is road racing. And then there's some other guys like Chris Wright that came uh, and other cars like DGR Crosley that came. There's a lot of good cars and a lot of good road racers that were there. So I don't have my work cut out for me, that's for sure. And I just had to do the best job that I could do and put as much effort and as much uh, preparation into it as I can. So I can kind of make up for some of that ground, if you will. Um, but at the same time, I was set up really good with, with the legend card ro- road racing experience that I had. And, and everything paid off really well. And it was one of those weekends where I felt confident because I put so much work into it. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew if I was going to win it, I had to do it perfect. And I had to do everything right. And I had to do it the right way. I couldn't just be aggressive the whole time. I had to really be smart about it and mature about the whole weekend. And I think that's honestly what really won us the race was not doing things like flipping the tires or mission shifts or burning off our tires five laps into the run and, I think that went a long way. Another point of significance in that Utah race win, aside from it being your first career ARCA West win, it was also the 100th win all time for Bill McAnally Racing. How special does it feel to have been the one to deliver BMR the 100th all-time victory? That was super big for me. Uh, my confidence, you know, really skyrocketed after that win. And uh, just told me I could do it and, and to do it for Bill uh, with how you know, prolific of a, of a career that Bill McAnally Racing has had in general, uh, really just gave me a lot of confidence in myself and in the team. And I think it really set the tone that we were there to win a championship and that we were going to do it. So that was a big thing, too, is establishing yourself as the favorite the whole year and that the first race was a big part of that. Uh, Utah was a big part of that. Bullring was a big part of that in Vegas. So um, that was really cool. And obviously to get Bill his 100th was just, you know, a cherry on top. And that was super cool. And to do that, uh, definitely, 
hopefully, you know, one of the best memories I could ever uh, have in my career. Shortly after that win in Utah, you and the number 19 Napa Power Premium Plus Toyota team were back in action at Irwindale Speedway on the 4th of July. You talked about this one a bit a moment ago, but, uh, I mean, this race was uh, kind of interesting just in that it felt like you had the field covered pretty much all day, but there were so many late race restarts in this one that uh, they were able to get you on one of the late race restarts and you had to fight your way back. Uh, tell me, take me through those last couple laps and how you were able to keep composed and get right back to the front. Yeah, that was definitely one of those races where it meant a lot to me to win after the fact because I knew that as far as like from a driver standpoint, when you're leading the race like that and you're dominating and then you lose the dominating and then you lose the lead on a restart and you kind of, you know, you get, you get ran really hard and you lose the lead like that and you only have a few laps to go after that. Uh, that definitely, you know, for a lot of people would take the wind out of their sails, but obviously with the great team like VMR and that the great team that Bill put together, they kept me uh, upbeat and they kept me positive and just had to go take it and we couldn't lose that race. So that was the biggest thing that weekend was just, you know, refusing to lose the race, and, and we had to go take it from them. And now just past the halfway point of the season, you had a similar race to the one you had at Derwindale, which was at a Colorado National Speedway, where you won the pole, led the most laps, and you won the race. But uh, the big difference here is that uh, this race kind of turned out to be an all-out brawl for the win at the end. You and your championship rival, Blaine Perkins, were battling for the win, and he really gave you everything he had late in that race, and both your cars came away with a bit of damage, uh, you know, would you say that that was the toughest race you won this season? It was. It's hard to say that. I mean, obviously, I think that the hardest race to, that I won this season in the West was probably Utah in that sense. The thing with Colorado that was almost frustrating in a sense was we were so good. Like, that was probably the best race car I've ever had, um, you know, in my history of, of racing. Like, that, that car was pretty much as perfect as it can be. And uh, we unloaded fast, like you said, got the pull led all of practice, led the whole race. And we had a few late race restarts and the nine car just kind of got desperate of it and, and ran into us on a few restarts and that lost us the lead. And we found ourselves with such a dominant car running third with like seven to go. And we're like, how, how could this have happened? Uh, so we had to go, we, we caught the nine car by probably half a track in the span of four laps. It was, it was pretty incredible how good that car was that day and uh, something that you really want to duplicate again, of course. So uh, that thing was just perfect, and, and we had to go take it back. And uh, obviously, we didn't we didn't want to have to move people, but you know, when you get roughed up, you gotta you gotta go to, you gotta go get it back. So um, that was cool in that sense too. Obviously, another race where you, I, where we could have given up, but uh, our BMR team didn't, and we kept pushing, and uh, and we just we wouldn't lose that race. So uh, that helped us out a lot, and that was a. Uh, a big change in the season for us, you know, establishing, establishing our, not know how you, how we, how, I don't know how you could say dominance in that sense, but um, I would rather say like perseverance, like we will persevere through anything. And uh, that helped us out wherever we had problems or wherever something didn't quite go our way. We always made the most of it. And, uh, and that helped us out a lot for the rest of the year with points and just winning that race was a big training point in our season for sure. And now once you're through Colorado, the end of the season is almost in sight and you're in the lead in the championship standings. Is this the point in the season where you really had to start points racing and making sure you weren't putting yourself in harm's way in some of these races? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, points racing is something that nobody really wants to do, I guess you could say. Everybody wants to just go all out, let the points take care of themselves. But at the end of the day, you do have to kind of put your pride aside at some point and 
and just go out there and make the most of every weekend and not letting small things, you know, derail your whole weekend. So uh, my crew chief, Travis, obviously Bill, you know, they led the team really strong the whole year. And, and I learned a lot about, you know, how to be a team leader and, and how to, you know, do my part as best as I can. And even though we, we had a really good speed late in the year, like probably our best speed came really late in the year. And especially at a place like Kern and we had some, some mechanical problems that, you know, that hindered our performance. But uh, at the end of the day, we knew that, you know, how dominant we were, we could always pull ourselves out of a hole. And we did just that and the car and the team, you know, they, everybody did a great job at making sure that, uh, that we could be on top of everything and, and make the most out of any, any situation. I feel like that's the key word with points racing in general is just making the most out of every situation that you're given. And, uh, you know, sometimes championships can come down to one point and sometimes they can come down to, 19 or they might come down to you know you lock it up a race in advance or two so uh, you never know what you're going to get with with championship racing and that's why it's our job to uh to just always milk every bit that we can out of each weekend and so for the championship finale race in phoenix 100 laps to wrap up the season you got a solid points lead going in but the car count in this race higher than it's been all year and an early incident could certainly have had a, a very negative impact on your championship hopes and uh you know should your championship competitor Blaine Perkins have had a better day than he did how uh, how tough is it to race conservatively in the final race like that because i'm sure even though you were points racing the races leading up to it phoenix you know is the end of it all and you know exactly what's on the line uh how tough is it in that scenario to have to points race like that especially at a place like phoenix where chaos can find you in almost any corner yeah that was definitely one of those weekends where i had to uh get a learning lesson out of the way with, you know, just making sure that I points race the best that I know how to. And, uh, you know, that was really important for me in my career is winning that championship. And, um, you know, I kind of went into it, you know, just making sure that my main goal was to win the championship and uh, obviously had a, didn't have the finish you wanted with having a points race like that, you know, really hinders our performance, but uh, we knew, sorry, our finish, our performance was very good. And, everything on the car, you know, we felt confident in and we just had to uh, stay out of trouble. You know, sometimes in racing, you'll find gaps and it was my job that weekend to either back up to that gap or, or to drive forward to get to that gap. So a pretty interesting uh, situation and, and something that uh, I learned a lot from and I was pretty pleased with myself and the whole team that we were able to come out of there with the championship and, and do it in as clean of a fashion as we could with not, you know, we didn't touch one car. Uh, we didn't you know, getting any scrambles or any cautions. We just race clean the whole time and race really smart and just always try to find that clean air and find that gap to uh, not put ourselves in any bad situations. And at the end of it all, you made it through Phoenix unscathed, like you said. You won the championship. How surreal was it all to be handed the 2020 Arkham Menard Series West championship flag and to get to do a victory lap around Phoenix Raceway? And of course, you know, this was the first year that all of NASCAR's top three series were being crowned champions at Phoenix as well. So how special is it to win that championship and accomplish it all same weekend, same track as the big series? That was super cool. Obviously with Toyota being there and, and, and having them like have cars in their championship battles as well was super cool. And there have been, you know, cup champions there and cup owners and Xfinity owners, truck owners, crew chiefs, you know, a lot of big names were there uh, watching that race. And, you know, I hope they saw that, you know, the, the amount of, you know, poise that we as a team had to have throughout the whole weekend. And and we did a really good job at making sure that we were smart about it and maintained a good gap. And, uh, and I think that went a long way and 
it was obviously super cool to do donuts at Phoenix. That was uh, pretty incredible. So uh, super fun to do that. And I remember going to Phoenix six, you know, probably about five years ago and watching uh, the cup cars race around there when I was watching there with Alex Bowman when he was kind of getting in his first few years of cup. So uh, super cool to go do that. And hopefully we'll have a lot more. Another really cool thing that we haven't talked about yet, your incredible achievement of being the youngest NASCAR champion in any racing series at 15 years old. What a cool accomplishment. How does that feel? Yeah, that felt super cool. With there being like so many champions and so many young champions champions as well, it would have been obviously pretty hard to beat that. But uh, with obviously Todd Yellen having a really young uh, championship age and, and everybody else that was also pretty young when they won it too, I knew I had to... Uh, do something different and it was obviously super cool to get that that get that award and kind of get that uh, it's hard to say like as a driver you know what means the most to you but when you make when you break records like that it obviously you're doing something right so um super cool for the team super cool for me and and our confidence moving forward and and just meant a lot to get that and, and you know say that you're the youngest nascar champion is is something that uh has a good ring to it for sure well, Jesse, I'd like to thank you for being a big part here of uh, this special edition of BMR Access. And before we say goodbye, I want to give you the opportunity to address your race team, the BMR organization, team owner Bill McAnally, and to say a few words to them to reflect upon this amazing accomplishment of winning them their 10th championship. Of course, it's the 30th anniversary for Napa and BMR, and it falls on the season where you delivered them their 100th win. You had a huge part in all these milestones this year, so uh, the floor is yours now. Yeah, first off, just thank you to Bill and thank you to Toyota for letting everybody on the team have the opportunity to go show and go work hard. You know, when you win races like that and as a team, when you do great things like that, you're giving yourself the opportunity to go do it again and go work hard again. So uh, that's what we want for as as racers. And I can't thank everybody that worked on the car and worked on the team and worked as leaders, mechanics, anything that, you know, you can't leave, you can't leave anybody, you know, out in this situation with how great of a team that we have. And, uh, and everybody that, that Bill put together did a phenomenal job. And uh, we had a, that was one thing that I didn't point out until now was the team camaraderie that we had all year. Um, everybody felt, you know, at home at the racetrack, at home, and, and everybody just was so uplifting of each other, and everybody did a phenomenal job. All of our fans gave us so much support at the, at the racetrack and off the racetrack. And uh, just one of those years that, that you really will never forget as a driver and as a crew member. Um, so I can't thank everybody enough at Bill McAnally Racing and, and, you know, cheers to many more. And I know that Bill, uh, no matter what, uh, you know, step they take or no matter what direction they go, they're going to be, they're going to always find success. So um, Bill's got a really great eye for that in team leadership and finding success. So um, I can't thank everybody that put the long hours into the weeks. And, uh, and I'm just truly blessed and fortunate to uh, be able to be part of such a, a great team like that. And it was, you know, obviously truly a pleasure to, even have the opportunity in the first place. Well, Jesse, congratulations on capturing the 2020 Arkham Menard Series West Championship. Thank you so much for joining the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you to our newest champion of the Arkham Menard Series West, Jesse Love, driver of the number 19 Napa Power Premium Plus Toyota Camry. What a season he had. Youngest NASCAR champion of all time in any racing series. And for Bill McAnally Racing, as an organization, they can now call themselves 10-time NASCAR and ARCA West Series champions. The series has gone by many names during that time, but it's the same great racing series, and BMR winning has been an absolute constant. This is their first championship under the ARCA Menard Series West banner, 
five championships came under the NASCAR K&N Pro Series West name, one under the NASCAR Camping World Series West, and the first three as NASCAR Winston West Series champions. As an organization, they have captured five of the last six West Series championships, and one of the coolest stats of all is that Bill McAnally Racing has been the championship-winning team for the West Series in 2000, 2010, and 2020. That's some incredible, long-standing success as an organization. And while on the subject of championship winners, let's talk about 2019 champion Derek Krause. Derek's resume out West is quite impressive. 2017 Sunoco Rookie of the Year, 10 West Series race wins as well as 3 East Series wins, and the 2019 NASCAR K&N Pro Series West Champion driving the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry. In 2019, Derek picked up five wins in the NASCAR K&N West season and led the points in all but two races on the season. And he got to celebrate a championship with his BMR team out in Phoenix. Derek made his NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series debut at Phoenix in the fall of 2018, and he finished in eighth place. After a part-time truck schedule in 2019, Derek Krause and the number 19 McAnally Hilgeman Racing Toyota Tundra team would go full-time in 2020. Derek and the number 19 team had a lot of great runs this season, starting with a fourth-place finish in the season-opening race at Daytona. Derek would also get a fifth-place finish this summer at Kansas, and his biggest result of the season came at Darlington Raceway. This was the Truck Series' first chance to take part in Throwback Weekend at Darlington Raceway, and what a memorable race it would be. Possible paint scheme of the year, the number 19 Napa Toyota Tundra would throw it back to the early days of the Truck Series when Ron Hornaday drove the Napa truck to championships in 1996 and 1998. And Derek would make it a day to remember, getting his best finish of the season, coming in second at Darlington, briefly leading on a late race restart, being passed on the backstretch with two laps to go, still a great race for Derek, nearly picking up his very first Truck Series win. Derek would finish the season 11th in the final standings. He picked up three top fives and 13 top tens. Additionally, Derek was one of the few drivers in the series to complete almost all the laps that season. Derek completed 3,174 of the 3,200 laps on the season, third most of all drivers. And now, nice enough to join us on the show, 2019 NASCAR K&N Pro Series West Champion, and current driver of the number 19 Enios Napa Auto Parts Toyota Tundra from McAnally Hilgeman Racing and the Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series. From Stratford, Wisconsin, it is Derek Krause. Derek, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, Derek, uh, thanks for thanks for being here. And to uh, to start things off, I know you uh, you just wrapped up your racing season with the 53rd annual Snowball Derby out at Five Flag Speedway. It's the biggest short track race of the year. Why don't you uh, start by telling everybody a bit about your race weekend out there in Florida? Uh yeah, it went it was pretty good. I feel like uh, we, well, we were able to make the show on time, which is really good. I mean, it's, it's probably the best field best field in the country for a late model race down there for the for the Derby and able to make it on time and then during the race just struggled a little bit got caught a lap down and just was trying to fight the fight to get the lap back the whole race but uh ended up 15th i think it was which wasn't isn't bad and uh i felt like overall it was a great weekend let's move things back to the beginning of your time here with bill McAnally racing back in 2017 what was it like when you knew you were going to go full-time racing out west what were your expectations for yourself going into that very first season, being that BMR was in the midst of winning several races each year and in the midst of uh, winning some championships? Uh, yeah, I mean, I knew 
how good BMR was right away with Todd being able to win the championships and then winning plenty of races. And I knew going out there was it was expected to run good. And I felt like the first year we did, I learned a lot from Chris and Todd and uh, learned as much as I could and then ran ran up front with them guys. And that, that taught me a lot from the first year. And then just how everyone worked out there, it's so professional and everything's everything's done right, which is really good. Going to the racetrack, knowing that your car prepared right and uh, you always pretty much have a good car everywhere you go. So that, that feels really good, good as a driver and gives the driver a lot of confidence. So in that 2017 NASCAR West season, you're driving the number 19 Napa Tools and Equipment, Carlisle Tools Toyota. You picked up nine top fives, you ran third in points, and you won Rookie of the Year. You ended up picking up your first career win in the final race of the season at Kern County Raceway in Bakersfield. Uh, take us to that first win. How special was that, uh, especially to do it wrapping up your rookie season? I mean, I think uh, there's probably no better way to get uh, get a win like that than to uh, kind of have it be your lasting memory of the season. Uh, yeah, it was really good then. The year on a high note, uh, that was, it was at Kern and Kern is one of my favorite tracks for sure. So, uh, be able to do it there and just, just to show that I can, can run up front with those guys was really special. And then, uh, just really, like you said, it was a really good way to end the season on a high note and be able to get the win in my rookie season. So you ended up third in points that season, win rookie of the year. Your teammates Todd Gilliland and Chris Eggleston finished first and second in points, and combined they won all but four races that season. So for you having you know your first run at the K&N Pro Series West full time, winning a race in Rookie of the Year, and helping complete a one-two-three in the championship standings for BMR, uh, just being that you're kind of just uh, you know learning learning as you go that rookie season, and you're having to compete with drivers that are having that much success on your same team. Could you really ask for much more than a third place in points that year? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, Todd and Chris were both really experienced with those cars, and I really can't remember a race all year that we finished, other than Sonoma, that we didn't finish one, two, three, which is really cool for Bill and everyone at BMR, and that just shows how, how hard they work at the shop and how much effort they put into the cars. But overall, I felt like that was a really good rookie season and a really good team season for the whole BMR team. So we fast forward to the 2018 season now. You, you end up taking over the wheel of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry for Bill McAnally. You were there, you know, teammate Todd Gilliland won his second championship in that 16 Napa machine. Uh, you've seen the photos at the BMR shop uh, that highlights, you know, the championships and many other accomplishments associated with the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car with this team. How special was it to move over to the 16 and get to race in those Napa colors? Uh, yeah, that was a really special thing. I mean, Bill has taken so much pride in that car, and uh, there's a lot of history behind that car. And uh, it, Like you said, but Todd was able to win two, two championships, and then I was able to get in it and won a lot of races that year. Just if we didn't win, I felt like we had bad luck. So uh, we were able to get a few wins, and then if we didn't win, we'd have bad luck and just not be able to finish very strong. And uh, we finished second it was to thorn or or i don't even really remember where he finished but finished somewhere there in the points and just didn't have a really consistent year but uh overall it was a great building year in my third season of, with bmr now over the course of your three seasons in the nascar cane and pro series west you won at kern county raceway park four times in a row and uh, i mean it's 
quite common to see BMR drivers have a lot of success at a, you know, specific racetracks, but it's not nearly as often that we see the same driver winning at the same track that many times in a row. So what was it that, uh, that clicked for you at Kern County Raceway Park that made you so successful there? Uh, just, I mean, that was where Bill took me testing the first time and just was able to, uh, just click with it and was able to be really fast there. So I really enjoy going there and I always looked forward to going there. And like you said, we won, won there every time, but one. And, uh, I felt like that was a really big accomplishment. I tried to get Bill to give me a car for it this year, but, uh, things didn't work out with our truck stuff. We were racing somewhere, but uh overall i really really enjoy going to that racetrack well your uh your 2019 season was uh truly special we'll talk about your canaan west season in a moment but you ran a good amount of races in the canaan east series as well you got the win in the season opener at new Smyrna, florida and you won again a few races later at south boston speedway and you even led the points halfway through the season now you didn't end up running full-time canaan east that year but still had a great amount of success for the races you did run. And I know most of the time you're only getting to face drivers of K&N E-Series once or twice a year in combo races at Iowa or St. Louis. But uh, to be able to actually go out there to the East Coast and race against them and compete like that, how big of a deal was that to uh, to be able to compete with those guys and have a good amount of success? That was a big deal. I felt like, like you said, we started off the season with a win at New Smyrna and just to be able to come from the West Coast and, compete and win races against the East Coast guys is a really big deal because people say the West Coast ain't as good as the as the East Coast, but we were able to prove them wrong and have good runs and have strong runs. We were hoping to run the whole the whole season, but just something didn't work out with, with the West and East schedule, and we weren't able to. Now, on to your uh, 2019 NASCAR Cane and Pro Series West season. You swept the uh, the doubleheader at Tucson Speedway, and then you picked up three more wins along the way, Roseburg, Oregon, Meridian Speedway, and, of course, Kern County Raceway Park again. It's your uh, your third season with the team at this point, and you're, you're running away with the championship at this point. So by your third season, I mean, how confident are you and your number 16 Napa Toyota team that you can really go out there and win just about any race? I was really confident that third season we uh... – we're able to go and win win a lot of races and finish in top five a lot. And, uh, that was really good for the team, and uh, just to be able to have all those good runs was really really exciting and really built up the confidence and momentum throughout the whole season. And that brings us to the 2019 NASCAR K&N Pro Series West finale at Phoenix Raceway. Phoenix is known for having one of the larger car counts of the season for K&N West, and uh, every now and then it's known for a little bit of uh, chaos in the season finale race as well. So uh, how relieved were you to uh, to get to go into that race with a large enough points lead to clinch the championship simply by taking the green flag and by doing so, you know, allowing you not to have to run so cautious being that the championship was already locked up? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was a really exciting race just because of uh, how much work went into that and just being able to take the green flag and lock up the championship was, was really big for our team and uh, it showed showed how much we worked for it all year and uh it was a really exciting race at a really cool racetrack and like you said it is a hectic race i mean there's a lot that goes on throughout the whole race and uh and that was that was a really fun race at a really cool racetrack and uh can you talk a bit about the the celebration that took place after the checkered flag at phoenix because almost all year long you guys are racing at short tracks across the west coast 
And uh, then if you seal the deal and you win the whole thing, you get to celebrate a NASCAR championship at uh, a staple of the schedule for NASCAR's top three series in Phoenix Raceway. You get to do, you know, burnouts with the the championship flag on the front stretch and celebrate in a, a pretty big time victory lane there. You know, how much did all that mean to you and how often do you still think about moments like that? That was really cool really cool thing to do just because of how big like you said how big the racetrack is and uh just being able to carry around that championship flag was really cool so one of my coolest moments of my life and i really enjoyed doing it and being able to do a burnout was really cool i mean bill bill's pretty strict on after after a race win you you can't really do a burnout because we got to run the motor next week or two weeks after so uh being able to do a burnout was really cool and uh, i really enjoyed it and while we're on the subject of Phoenix Raceway, that's uh, a place that has been quite significant to your racing career because it's the, the place where you made your NASCAR Truck Series debut in 2018 with BMR, finished top 10 in your debut, and ran a handful of races in 2019 leading into this full-time run you had this year in the number 19 Toyota with McAnally Hilgeman Racing. So you had uh, multiple strong runs in your part-time schedules, and uh, I mentioned the great debut in 2018. So with those strong runs you had in the trucks leading into this, how eager were you to get racing this season and get uh, to be a full-time competitor here in the truck series? Being able to run the full season was really exciting for me and really cool. Something I grew up dreaming to do. And uh, it's really, it's kind of tough to do the one-off races. I mean, it's tough to do jump into something where everyone else has been running it all year. And uh, Being able to do that a few times to get my feet wet. And then this year being a full season was really cool. And I really enjoyed going to, going to all the new racetracks and learning everything that I could after new racetracks. And it's definitely an interesting year with all the COVID stuff, but I really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun. Now it's always special to race at Daytona International Speedway for the first time, but uh, to make matters even more memorable, you finished fourth in your first visit to the Speedway this year. Uh, you're, you're new to the series. Your McAnally Hildeman racing team is uh, new to running full-time in the truck series. What was it like for you and your team to experience such a great result right off the bat? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was a big confidence booster. I mean, we just kind of kind of survived at that racetrack just because of all the all the chaos that goes on throughout that whole race. And uh, we just survived and were able to finish fourth, and that was a good good way to start the season and gave us a lot of gave us a lot of momentum throughout the whole season. I will add as well, you were top 10 at Talladega late in the season and ran up front throughout much of that race. So great results for you in your first two races at Super Speedway tracks. So, you know, is uh, that uh, a style of racing that you uh, enjoy there at Super Speedway tracks? Uh, because you seem to have taken to it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a game on what, what you know, caught up in any, caught up in any wrecks or anything and just able to be there at the end of those races are really big because if you are you definitely got a chance of winning and now during your time here in the truck series you've had the opportunity to work with kevin bellacourt as your crew chief and uh, kevin's experience especially in the truck series competition is something that can be quite useful to uh, a driver going to so many tracks for the first time so uh, you did that on many occasions throughout the 2020 season as you mentioned uh, so just how much did it help to work with a knowledgeable crew chief like kevin bellacourt this season yeah, being able to being able to work with Kevin was a huge help. I mean, like you said, he's got a lot of experience, so that definitely helps. And uh, he just helped me throughout the whole season. Uh, just gave me advice on what I should and shouldn't do, and I feel like that paid dividends in what how our results were 
uh, in mid-season when we were finishing top 10 in a lot of the races. And just going to the tracks with no practice and having his experience helped a lot and uh, just just made it a lot easier. I think two of the most memorable things that happened in your season happened somewhat simultaneously as your uh, McAnally-Hilchman racing team unveiled possibly the paint scheme of the year with your Ron Hornaday throwback paint scheme you ran at Darlington with his old Napa Truck Series paint scheme that he won championships with in the 90s. But to make things even more memorable, you had yourself a great race that day. An exciting late race restart led to uh, your season best second place finish. Can you uh, talk about running that special paint scheme and how it felt to get yourself so close to picking up your very first Truck Series win? Uh, yeah, that was a that was a really special paint scheme to run in honor of Ron and being at Darlington. Darlington's a really, I've never been there before and being able to walk through the gates there was a really cool experience. Just as a really cool feel walking through the gates at Darlington. And uh, I just really enjoyed that race and that last late race restart. I had pretty much did everything I needed to do and just kind of, I don't know, kind of screwed up off the two and got loose and Ben was able to get to the outside of me. So, uh, definitely something I look back on and think of what I could have done better and uh, hopefully next time if I do get put in that position again I'll I'll capitalize on it and do it better and get the win. Well Derek congratulations on a successful rookie season in the truck series. Before we wrap things up here I want to give you a moment to deliver your own message to uh, your BMR team, uh, your BMR teammate Jesse Love, team owner Bill McAnally on capturing the 2020 Arkham Menards West Championship and, of course, on the 30th anniversary of the pairing of Bill McAnally Racing in Napa Auto Parts. It's been a milestone year for the team. Uh, they eclipsed 100 wins, which, of course, you're a huge part of with all of your success with the uh, the wins in the K&N West Series and, of course, a couple East Series wins. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you the opportunity here to uh, deliver your message. i just like to thank everyone at, at BMR for all their hard work. I mean, they work really hard and take a lot of pride in pride in their work, and that shows when we show up to the racetrack and have really strong runs and really strong finishes throughout the whole season. I just like to say congrats to Jesse on winning his championship. That's a really big deal to do in your rookie season. Uh, that was that was really impressive, and I uh, just can't thank everyone enough at BMR. It was really really fun racing for him, and I enjoy doing it. Well, Derek, congratulations on a great 2020 season in the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series with the number 19 Ineos Napa Toyota Tundra, McNally Hilgeman Racing. Enjoy the off-season, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Derek Krause, 2019 NASCAR K&N Pro Series West Champion, NASCAR Truck Series Driver in the number 19 Tundra for McAnally Hilgeman Racing. Derek was the NASCAR West Series Rookie of the Year in 2017, driving the number 19 Carlisle Tools, Napa Tools and Equipment Toyota. And, of course, he was the successor to Todd Gilliland, in the number 16, Napa Toyota, after Todd departed the team to move up to the Truck Series in 2018. Todd had an incredibly successful run with Bill McAnally Racing, beginning with a win in his NASCAR West debut at Phoenix in the 2015 season finale. He would then follow it up with a win in the 2016 NASCAR East season opener at New Smyrna Speedway. Then a few weeks later took another win in the 2016 West season opener at Irwindale, and finally, picked up the win at Bakersfield for race number two of the 2016 NASCAR West season. So Todd opened up his career with BMR with four consecutive wins to start things off. He would go on to win a total of six races in 2016 and the NASCAR West Series Championship. Fast forward to 2017, 
Todd Gilliland would attempt to go after the East and West Series titles in the same season. On the East Series side of things, Todd would pick up four wins and battled with Harrison Burden for the championship and ultimately came up just eight points short of the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series East championship. On the West Series side of things, Todd picked up where he left off in 2016. He would again win six races, but this time would have to battle teammates for the Series championship. Teammate Chris Eggleston would win four races and come up second in points to Todd Gilliland. And at this time, rookie Derek Krause would finish third in the points. Todd would win his second consecutive NASCAR K&N Pro Series West Championship, having one of the most successful two-year stretches in series history. Across the East and the West Series, during Todd's time with BMR, he would capture 18 wins in addition to his two NASCAR K&N Pro Series West Championships. Following his time behind the wheel of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry, Todd Gilliland would move up to the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series, racing his first two years with Kyle Busch Motorsports, and this year with Front Row Motorsports in the number 38 truck. Todd picked up his very first Truck Series win at Martinsville Speedway in the fall of 2019. It's been a while since we've had him on the show, but we are thrilled to have him back here on BMR Access. Current NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series driver for Front Row Motorsports, former two-time NASCAR West champion, former driver of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota for BMR, from Sheryls Ford, North Carolina, Todd Gilliland joins us. Todd, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, it's been a long time since I've been on the show, but uh, definitely happy to be back. Well, Todd, you just wrapped up the Truck Series season last month, year three for you in the Truck Series, but your very first season racing with Front Row Motorsports in that number 38 truck. You guys were in the playoffs, had some pretty solid races this year. Tell us a bit about your season on the 38 team. Yeah, um, I think we came out of the gate really strong. Um, you know, the first half of the season, I'd say we did a really good job getting stage points. And, um, man, it just uh, it wears you down. We were, we were, felt like we were racing for points all year. And then, uh, you know, kind of crazy coming down to the last race is between me and me and Derek, uh, the BMR truck team out there, um, fighting for the last playoff spot. So it felt like old times racing racing against Derek, but um i'd say it's definitely a it was a good first season for us definitely a lot to uh, get better at but also i say i'd say a good foundation to uh to start with another cool thing about you driving for front row motorsports this season is that is a team that a lot of people remember your dad driving for when he was in the cup series and uh, running that number 38 that's a number very significant to your family with your dad running that in the cup series i believe your grandfather ran that number as well uh can you talk about how special that is i know numbers and racing can be pretty significant to to drivers for many reasons and i'm sure that number is pretty significant to you yeah absolutely like you said um it's the only team i remember him driving for in the cup series and um obviously for many years going to the races um now spending time with the the car owner bob jenkins now he's my truck owner and um that's really cool i didn't even realize the history that the 38 had you know, beyond my dad to even my grandpa, like you said, he, we all have ran it for years now. And, um, it's just so cool. And, um, like you said, anything like that, the, the history of NASCAR, it's crazy how, uh, how far back it can go. And, um, you know, just, just super thankful for, for Bob Jenkins, like I said, in front row motorsports for doing this. Um, like I said, again, we've spent time with them and, um, just building that personal connection, um, it's that much more special to me that uh, all those guys believe in me as much as they do and um, and they're doing as much for me as they are. 
And now to wrap up your 2020 racing season, you were actually running in the final Arkham Menard Series West race of the year at Phoenix, and you had a very good run, but it ended up being your dad, David, picking up the win in that race. And we rarely, rarely get the opportunity to see him racing, uh, you know, the K&N Series, or I'm sorry, the Arca Series now these days. How cool was it to be on the same track together in that race at Phoenix? It was super cool. Um, you know, we've we've ran a, a few different races against each other, and um, we've had some good runs. Uh, we've even been teammates at Talladega. I've been running first and second for a little bit. That was probably one of the biggest highlights. Um, but, you know, growing up, I saw my dad drive for, obviously, Front Row Motorsports. They weren't contending for race wins. And, um, you know, I, I felt in my heart that he was good. And, you know, we've tested with him. I can see it. He's good. And, um, you know, doing things with the car that, that most people couldn't. But to see him go out there and, and compete for the win, get the pole, um, you know, that's just, you know, I have I was so proud just to see that. Uh, obviously, I wish it was me um, that won the race. But, um just very, very cool to see him, how hard he works for me. And, um, you know, I, I guess the old man still got it, but uh, definitely a lot to learn from him. One of the biggest moments of your racing career came at Phoenix Raceway in 2015 when you first joined forces with Bill McAnally Racing. You made your NASCAR k and Pro Series West debut in the season finale race at just 15 years old, and you won your debut race. How big was it for you to kickstart your time in the NASCAR Kane and Pro Series West in such dramatic fashion? That was huge. Um, you know, me and my dad were just talking about that right after he won at Phoenix. Um, it was actually the, the same car, same chassis that I won with there in 2015. He just won there in this year. So um, it's a pretty good car for us there. But, um, you know, that was our, our car we built, um, you know, in our shop at our house. And uh, we were able to get a number with some points for BMR. We'd been talking to him about um, running the full season the next year, but, you know, it, it wasn't really official. Chris Eggleston was going to win a championship um, to contend for one that weekend, and it was it was a huge weekend for BMR. Um, and then for us to go out and get the win, man, I think that uh, in front of all the Napa folks that were there for, for Chris Eggleston's championship, I think, you know, honestly, it couldn't have been a better weekend for me in my career um, to get in front of the right people and press bill. And then the next year, um, just have that much confidence going in there. And we started off with a few more wins. Um, I think that just really set the tone that, uh, that we were going to be there and, and contend for a championship and, uh, race wins every single weekend. And now to back up a little bit before this race, just about two months before racing in Phoenix, you're turning laps in a BMR Toyota Camry around Roseville's all American speedway in the Napa Filters Drivers Expo, and you're you're testing BMR cars with a bunch of other young drivers, putting in great laps, and this expo was basically a skills combine for several of the young, talented racers in the racing community, uh, where you're not only running laps uh, and working with successful members of the racing community, but you're also getting some media training in the program. What was that experience like for you as a young driver? Yeah, that experience definitely opened my eyes to what... Uh what BMR was all about. Um, I'd say that's one of the things that Bill stresses the most is um, it's probably just as important about what you do off the racetrack and um, in front of huge Napa crowds as it is on what you do on the racetrack. So, um, man, I was so nervous. I think I was 16 years old. I was, there's a fake press conference, but there's a lot of people there. And, 
you know, man, that was like the first time I had done any of that stuff. And, um, Bill just, just has a way of, uh, you know, knowing, knowing how to prepare young guys for, for situations that, uh, they don't even know are coming yet. So I think that was huge. I was out there against, um, you know, Riley Herbst, Zane Smith, guys like that, that are, um, you know, still racing in NASCAR and, and doing a great job too. So that was a great group out there. And, um, you know, I'm excited to, uh, to see what Bill's new, um, BMR Driver Academy can do this year. Now let's talk about your foray into full-time racing with BMR in 2016. You get off to this unprecedented start to your career in the NASCAR k Pro Series. You won the k East Opener at New Smyrna, followed that up with wins in the very first two races of the 2016 k West season. You're 15 years old at the time, going to some of these tracks for the very first time. How were you able to achieve so much success so quickly in the series? Man, I don't know. Um, you know, looking back on it, I I think it's crazy that, um, you know, I see some of these 15-year-olds that are racing and they're they're really good. And, um, you know, I really hadn't won that many races or anything. Um, I won a couple late model races, but um, against really good guys, we'd been racing for years on, on the late model stuff out here on the East Coast. And, um, you know, definitely great people. My crew chief, um, Chris Lawson, and, and my dad were pretty much the two guys working on working on the cars day in and day out and um you know just just being prepared when we go to the racetrack obviously that we had to have uh built some of the best cars at the time and um it's crazy just to think back and of all the things that um that fell at exactly the right time and um, just a lot of hard work I think to uh to be prepared when we got there That first championship for you in 2016 came down to the final race of the year at Roseville, but it wasn't the most nerve-wracking scenario. You had a pretty solid lead in the points going into that final race, and you came away as champion of the series. What do you remember about that evening and celebrating with your number 16 race team? Well, honestly, um, it was probably one of our worst races of the season, and um, I was honestly very disappointed in myself that, um, you know, I tore up the car. I was I was all over the place. My crew chief wasn't real, wasn't real happy with me. Um, you know, but, but looking back, you know, that's what made us that good was that we were diehard competitors. We finished, you know, seventh or ninth. I don't really remember. And we were able to get the championship to most people that had been a, a breath of fresh air, just, Oh, we did it, you know, but to us, it was like, man, we just finished seventh or ninth in this race. Like we, we really need to be better. Um, you know, which, which part of me just, just wishes we would have enjoyed it more. But, um, you know, the other part of me thinks that's, uh, that's definitely the the key to success is never being, uh, never being comfortable with what you got and, and always wanting to be better. And now in 2017, it's more of the same for you and the number 16 Napa Toyota team in terms of winning races. But a very big difference is that you guys were racing full time in the K&N Pro Series East and West that season. How big of a jump was that for you as a driver? Because in 2016, you're running a 14-race K&N West season and just a handful of East Coast races. Then in 2017, between East and West full-time and part-time truck racing, you really weren't having a lot of off weeks that year. Yeah, for sure. And um, I mentioned all the hard work that went into the first season. Um, The guys thought they worked hard then. Holy cow, 2017 um, it was kicked up a whole nother notch going flying back and forth. It seemed like every week. And, um, and after the races, having to take some, some of our springs that we wanted to run, just take them out of the car and have to take them on the plane with us. It was, it was crazy, but, um, definitely experience I'd never, uh, never give back. And, um, 
you know, there was, there was a point in the year where we were pretty far behind on the East Coast, and then we went on a run of finishing first and second, first or second, like seven weeks in a row with four wins, and um, it got us back to the lead in the championship and then just to go to Dover and blow a tire. Um, I think that's what I was most proud of. We actually had a, another race at uh, Meridian Speedway the next day on the, the West Coast after we just lost the championship, and uh, we were able to get the pole, and uh, just how my guys recovered from that, I feel like that's what uh, the heart of our team just really showed, and um, we were able to, to finish out the West Coast uh, championship. You won the East and West Series combo races at Iowa Speedway both years that you were driving the 16 Napa Toyota. Those are some of the largest fields of the season due to it being both series on track at once. How big of a point of pride is that as a race team to win an event like that where even though it's a points race and, I mean, especially even more was on the line for you because you would run for both championships, but it really feels like an all-star race because you're racing against all of the talent in both series at once. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's kind of bragging rights for the the team more than the driver. You know, it's a huge race for me personally as a driver, like you said, to be in an all-star race. But for the teams, you know, going to those races for a long time, the West Coast struggled and, um, you know, didn't exactly have what the East Coast had when you'd show up to the bigger racetracks at Iowa and, and everyone would be there. So I think just for BMR to, to step up and Brand McReynolds won both of them the year before I got there. And then uh, we won the one the first year and then um, two the next year. And uh, I think that just really asserted BMR is, is one of the top teams across the country, not just on the West Coast. So um, I think that was huge for Bill, Napa, um, all those guys. And it, it was definitely a, a big deal in the championship for run for both. And that 2017 k West season was action-packed. You dueled with BMR teammate Chris Eggleston all season for the championship. Oftentimes, it seemed like you guys were finishing one and two almost every week, uh, occasionally having to race each other pretty hard. And uh, how tough is that for you as a competitor to have to race a teammate for the championship? Yeah, definitely looking back, uh, there's definitely some uh, intense moments with Bill and Chris, but... Um... No, I think Chris was just such a great teammate to me. Um, always look back and, and wish I appreciated that that part of him more. You know, I was looking at him as, you know, this is my main competitor, and he really he was, and I was his too. But um, he really taught me so much, and um, you know, he treated me treated me the best he could. So, um, like I said, it, it was tough. A lot of intense moments. We definitely uh, definitely laid more rubber on each other than probably else. Uh, probably anybody else, but um, it was a lot of fun. I think we pushed our teams internally to be better. Um, you know, I don't think one of our teams left later than the other the whole season. They'd always stay there till till you couldn't any longer. And, um, and I think that just shows how uh, how one team can push each other. And um, you know, I think that was probably some of the most some of the best racing that uh, that BMR has ever had. Now, in November at Kern County Raceway, you clinched the 2017 NASCAR k and Pro Series West Championship. So you're back-to-back uh, West Championship uh, winning team for the number 16 Napa Toyota. Uh, what are the emotions like for you guys as you won it the second year in a row? Um, I think at that point, we were definitely really happy. And, um, you know, we, we accepted that, um, you know, I pretty much knew I was going to go truck racing at that point. I had run um quite a few races that season in in the um, kbm trucks and 
Um, now I was super excited for the next opportunity, but, but I was definitely, um, definitely really sad leaving the shop. Um, you know, we, like I said, me, my crew chief and my dad pretty much lived at Bill's house half the season. And, um, in his garage, he built us like a little, there's bunk beds in there. It was, it was just enough. And we'd go to the shop real early and, and come home real late. So, um, a lot of great men, not in the moment, but, um, it was just, uh, a lot of a lot of good times coming to an end, and it was definitely sad. Uh, the NASCAR West Series is a series that's been very near and dear to your family. Your grandfather, Butch Gilliland, was a champion of the series as a driver in 1997. Your dad, David, was his crew chief. And, of course, your dad has several wins in the series as a driver as well. How special is it to have had so much success in the very series where your family has spent so much time racing and having success of their own in? It's huge. Um, that's another thing that... Uh, you know, I, I didn't realize there's so much family history out there. Um, you know, my dad had never won. He never won a, ch- uh, a championship out there on the in the West Series. But like you said, as a crew chief and then as a spotter for me in, in my second year out there. So um, crazy. He's been a, a huge part of it. And then, um, you know, one of the cool memories for me was going to Irwindale and almost breaking my grandpa's track record and qualifying from, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, that was really cool for me that he still had a, a record out there and that we were so close to breaking it. And, um, definitely, uh, a, a lot of fans and, uh, from family and friends out there that were able to come out to the races that probably wouldn't if it was NASCAR and, uh, you know, out here on the, yeah, on the East coast. And on top of that, uh, your two years in the series and the two championships were won in the number 16 Napa Toyota for Bill McAnally. And the history of that car in the series is similar to the history of your family name in the series. Both are synonymous with success in the NASCAR West series. Your father and grandfather both raced against this very car in their careers. How much does it mean to you to get to drive that car knowing how iconic of a ride it is on the West Coast? Yeah, I uh, know in 2015, I think it was the 25th year of of Bill and Napa together. And um, and I was like, man, that's that's crazy to, to even think about having a sponsor for that long. And then, um, we didn't really get to do any cool, cool years, uh, when I was there, but, um, definitely really cool history. And, um, that's all you can ask for is, is getting into a car that up and down the east, the West coast, everyone knows what it is and what it stands for. It's winning. And, um, you know, just to be able to do that and carry on the legacy is, is huge for me. I talked to your former teammate Derek Krause a bit earlier, and I was uh, giving him a lot of credit for his dominance at Kern County Raceway. And uh, now having you on the show, I feel like I'd be discrediting you if I didn't mention that you were unbeaten at Irwindale Speedway while driving a Bill McAnally racing car. You won the season opener there in 2016 and then won both races of a doubleheader there in 2017. It's really impossible to find a driver who doesn't love Irwindale Speedway. What was it for you that made you so successful at that short track? Man, I don't know. Um, I think great, great cars for sure is uh, always number one. But um, it's a lot of fun running up up high there. Um, definitely a lot of lanes on the bottom as well. And um, I think my dad's got a lot of a lot of pointers there. So that's uh, number one biggest probably also. And um, you know, just taking all the information we could. Um, but also, we were pretty good at Kern. We got every pole there, and then finished second to Derek when we won the championship. So. Um, we were definitely uh, pretty, pretty strong everywhere. Great cars. Seemed like everywhere we went. 
And when all these seasons wrapped up, you got to be honored as the series champion at the NASCAR Hall of Fame of all places. And you got to do that twice. How cool is that night of champion celebration in Charlotte? Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's usually huge. There's tons of people there. Obviously, times are changing now. But, um, you know, just to have my name in the Hall of Fame, um, in the, the Hall of Champions, it's, you know, just un, un peeling off the, the wrapper on that one um, definitely made me feel like we definitely achieved something huge. And um, I think NASCAR does a great job of celebrating all of the, the champions like that. And um, obviously with the, the truck and Xfinity banquets, usually the next day. So um, it seems like everyone in, everyone in racing is there at the time. And um, you, know, you just got to enjoy it. It's a, it's a huge day. Todd, thank you so much for joining us on the show and bringing us back to your 2016 and 2017 seasons. You've been a great part of the history and success of Bill McAnally Racing, and I'm going to have you close out this interview with your own message to Bill McAnally, the whole BMR organization, as they celebrate this 2020 Arkham Menard Series West Championship, 10th championship for the team, and of course, that 30th anniversary for BMR and Napa Auto Parts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a huge thank you to Bill McAnally, the whole McAnally family. Like I said, we pretty much lived there. We we intruded, I'm sure, on, on a lot of family dinners, and um, just thank you guys so much for taking us under your wing and believing in me, believing in my family, and um, Napa Auto Parts, you guys uh, you guys rock. 30 years with BMR, it's crazy. Um, very proud of, of all you guys, and, um, you know, it's definitely memories I look back on and, and I'll never forget. So uh, thank you guys for the great, great times. Um, a lot of hardworking people at BMR, and I think that's why they're still having success is uh, people's what make it happen, and, and Bill's definitely great at, at putting them together. So um, thank you guys, and um, congratulations. Well, Todd, have a great day. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Many great guests so far today and many more to go. Thank you to Todd Gilliland for joining us, former driver of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry for Bill McAnally and currently driving the number 38 in the truck series for Front Row Motorsports. So working backwards here, we've made our way through four of BMR's 10 championships, and Todd's back-to-back titles completed a BMR three-peat, a three-peat that was started in 2015 by Chris Eggleston. Let's back up a bit here, though. Back to Colorado National Speedway in 2014. That's when Chris Eggleston made what was scheduled to be a one-off start in the number 99 Napa Filters Toyota for BMR at his home racetrack. But this was anything but a one-off race type of performance. In a 150-lap race, Chris led 107 laps, and he took the win. Chris would make a couple more starts to wrap up 2014 before going full-time in the number 99 Napa Filters Toyota Camry in 2015. In 2015, Chris would pick up two early season wins at Irwindale Speedway and Shasta Speedway, and he held the points lead for much of the season. It was quite a championship battle as Chris had three other drivers mathematically eligible to win the championship going into that final race at Phoenix that he would have to fend off. And I'm going to undersell this championship battle a bit right now because Chris is about to join us in a moment and I'll have him talk in depth about that final race and the events that unfolded in those closing laps, as well as much of the other success that he had during his three-year stretch with BMR. To wrap things up on his 2015 season, Chris won an incredibly exciting 2015 NASCAR K&N Pro Series West Championship with two wins, nine top fives, and ten top tens. And now, joining us on the BMR Access Show, here on BMRNapa.com, 
joining us to talk about his time with the team, former driver of the number 99 Napa Filters H2O Fire Protection Toyota Camry, the 2015 NASCAR Canaan Pro Series West Champion from Erie, Colorado, Chris Eggleston. Welcome back to the show, Chris. Uh, thanks, Anthony. Good to hear from you. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, glad to have you back here on the show. And uh, it, it's been quite some time since we've had you on here. It's been a, a tough year for a lot of people. How are you, Katie, Tanner, and the rest of the family doing? Everybody's good. You know, we got a little bit of racing in here at our local track at Colorado National Speedway. Um, so, you know, we got some of the racing in uh, this year. Not a lot, not as much as we're, we're used to or not near as much as we were racing, you know, with uh, BMR back in the day. But um, still got a good, good chunk of racing in. Everybody's staying healthy. Everybody's good. And, and just looking forward to next year, you know, kind of getting this year behind us like everybody. Hopefully getting back to the racetrack more often. So you mentioned your home track, Colorado National Speedway. We're going to talk about that here now because, I mean, that's played a huge part in your uh, your time with Bill McAnally Racing. Uh, kind of going back to the beginning here of your time in the K&N Pro Series, you uh, made your debut in 2014 in the number 99 Napa Filters Toyota, and this was three years after your only other start in the K&N Pro Series with another race team also at Colorado. So, uh, you know, this start seems kind of out of the blue you know, in the sense that you, uh, you haven't uh, raced in the series uh, in three years by that point when you get into the car in 2014. How did this deal come together with BMR? Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy time. You know, we were just kind of getting out of our economy slump, you know, after the economy tanked in, in 2009-10. And, you know, I, I was looking to, you know, for my next step in my racing career and to kind of pursue something bigger and better than what we were currently doing in the super late models. So just one day out of the blue, I decided I was going to call Mr. Bill himself. And, um, you know, he called me back, I think, the next day, and we were able to put a one-race deal together. And, you know, yourself, Anthony, you know, coming out to Colorado, Colorado's pretty integral part in promoting Napa Auto Parts and, and the filter brand and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people there. You know, a little bit of pressure um, driving for such a powerhouse organization and, you know, not, not that many starts under my belt. And we kind of use our home track to our advantage and, um, had a really competitive um, car that night and was able to put the Napa Filters car in victory lane that night. What a special night to kind of, you know, do a little victory lap and prelude to right in front of the all those guys at hospitality and stuff like that. And then to kind of see the smile on Bill's face that night, you know, kind of transpired our deal moving into the next year, 2015, where uh, Bill kind of put me in the car full time. And, I um, mean, what better way to repay him is, you know, with another championship added under his belt, um, which is kind of um, added to his 10th, I think, this year. And, um, man, what a team them guys are, all the guys that work so hard over there. Uh, was just so blessed to be a part of that deal. Um, for so many years over there, met lots of great people, friends, and had a lot of success. So you get the win at Colorado National Speedway. You ran a couple more races there in 2014, but... Uh, a couple other drivers were also running the 99 car here and there. So at what point do you really know uh, you're headed toward going full-time with BMR in 2015? And that's a good good question, Anthony. I don't even remember that far back. I just remember, you know, living the highs off that win. And then um, I think we went to Iowa and struggled really bad. And then went to Phoenix and didn't really have the best success after that. So I don't really know if I knew what my future was going into th- 2015, but Something um, inspired Bill enough where, you know, we had a few phone calls back and forth and we were able to put a deal together. And, you know, he he uh, he saw something, I guess, that um, believed in me and let me fly the, the Napa Filters brand 
um, thanks to Paul Cortman and everybody over there. And um, man, it was really cool. Um, we had a fun year that year with all the guys, and you know, having Roger Bracken as our crew chief. You know, Roger and I didn't always see eye to eye, but man, I tell you what, when his race cars were fast, um, we were oftentimes unbeatable. So um, it was a lot of fun racing that year in 2015, and and I feel like 2015 was a year where there's a lot of good guys, a lot of good cars that year. Um, you had guys like David Mayhew and, um, you know, Brandon McReynolds was my teammate that, that year. And, um, and we had a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, racing that year, good car counts. And it was just, it was a ton of fun. And to come out that year with the championship was pretty cool. Yeah. And that season you, uh, you picked up a couple wins early in the season. The first one being at Irwindale Speedway. And uh, I know you, like many drivers, really enjoy racing at Irwindale Speedway. How cool of a win was that for you? And how much did that uh, win really set the tone for the season, being that it came so early on? Yeah, that was big. And that was probably one of our biggest car counts of the year. You know, I think a couple of East drivers came over and ran that race. Uh, Dalton Sargent was running really good, really fast that um, that night. And we were able to sneak by him. Um, and I don't remember that race all that much, but I remember it was fairly late in the race. And uh, we were able to ca- capture that first win. And, man, it kind of set the precedence, like, you know, this team, this 99 team, we, we can be fast week in and week out. And, um, you know, that was a place Roger had a lot of success, my crew chief. And just him and I kind of knocking that first win, went off the list that early in 2015, just kind of gave everybody the confidence, not only myself as a driver, but, you know, the whole team, you know, that we kind of expect nothing less. So um, to kind of click off a couple more wins after that, just keep our head on straight, making sure we were finishing races. Um, was big and keeping some of those points together and then just kind of keeping our head on a swivel and making sure uh, we could finish out the season at the end of the year um, was a pretty cool deal and uh, glad to be a part of that success and, and wish we could have done it a little bit more. Maybe didn't have near the success in 2016. <clears throat> just followed up with like terrible luck. And then in 2017, I thought we had a shot and then some, you know, unforeseen circumstances. I think we got docked a win um out at meridian um after nascar deemed i think we jumped a start a little bit that cost us some pretty good valuable points and then um had a really fast race car at turn at the season finale i thought we were going to pull a hail mary there (laughs) ended up having a flat tire having a pit under green losing a lap and i think we came all the way back um basically from uh, a lap down to pass everybody except for maybe the first uh first and second place car that at the end we had a really really fast car that night um so it would have been really fun to battle todd there in 2000 um um, i guess that would have been 2017 um but man just came up a little bit short that year as well well you didn't come up short in 2015 and we uh we kind of make our way there now you're running the season finale race at phoenix for the 2015 nascar canaan pro series west championship i think the crazy thing that stands out to me here so there are four of you vying for the championship that day which I'm sure sounds totally normal to a lot of NASCAR fans now because that's the championship race format we see in the top three series. But for you guys in the K&N Pro Series West, there was no playoff format. It just happened that way that four of you were that close in the points going into the final race. So try to put us in your mind going into that race, like uh, where you've got a, a championship on the line, you've got three other guys to race for the title, and then on top of that, you guys lose an engine in practice leading into the race and have to start from the rear of the field. So just how intense was this whole championship race day in Phoenix? Yeah, it was, man, looking back on it, it was probably a little more intense than I kind of let myself um, lead on, which was probably a good thing in hindsight. Um, You know, the points were really close between me and the seven of Noah. 
Um, and then I think the other two were, were Grayson and Partridge, and they were all in the mix. And, you know, every time you go down to Phoenix, <clears throat> um, if you miss it by a little, you miss it by a lot. You know, that's a really tricky place to get around. And, you know, we brought in some help um, with Matt Ghostflint, and, uh, and we were really fast or had a really good balance on our car that day. And like you said, we, we lost a, lost an engine in basically our only practice and kind of put us out for the rest of the rest of the practice session. And um, we were trying some new stuff on the car that we'd never ran before and had a lot of speed. And for whatever reason, we were nervous um, with what the balance of the race car was going to do that night after the lights came on and the sun went down. And it kind of forced us to, to go into reservation mode and kind of put more of a conservative setup on the race car. And I think we gave up a lot of speed that night doing that. But at the end, end of the day, I think it was the right call based on the gamble, just losing all that practice time uh, with that new setup that we were trying after losing that engine. And then um, didn't have the best speed that we wanted to have that night. But honestly, ne- neither did the other three uh, championship contenders. And we were all kind of running in a pack, honestly, like kind of like middle of the pack. And, uh, I'll tell you what, that last three start was like two to three to go. Um, it got pretty hairy and intense between me and the seven. Um, he gave us a pretty good shot going into three, uh, in the middle of three and four. And I thought he was going to turn us pretty good. And just big melee coming out of four, coming down for the checkered. And um, we were able to cross the line just in front of him. And, and uh, it was an emotional time because, like, and there's cars flying all over the place. He didn't know who finished where or what. Um, we were just trying to gather it up. And I think Bassett was one on the infield getting – hammered and clobbered and we're four or five wide coming to the checkered so it's a pretty crazy race looking back on it and uh but it provided a, a really good and fun off season capturing that championship and um i felt really good going into 2016 and then um like i said some of our confidence was shot in the foot quite early just with some of those uh races that we had especially going out to utah just absolutely devastating losing all the points we did down there in the two double header deal and um uh, but uh, it was really cool to be with Bill and BMR and Napa and Napa Filters and all those guys with 2015, that 2015 championship, and just add to Bill's what's now 10th title um, and be kind of just a little bit of a, or a little part of that, um, you know, legacy. One thing that really stands out to me from that 2015 season is the unusual path to a championship you guys had. You know, due to a typical 12 to 14 race season, it's quite common in the NASCAR Arco West Series competition for a couple of drivers to win most of the races and battle for the title. But in 2015, nobody won more than two races. You guys won your two races pretty early on in the season, but you had more top fives than anybody all season. And in the end, you really needed each of those good finishes because the championship came down to, you know, right there at the start finish line to finish the race at Phoenix. So, I mean, how important was that consistency that you and your team showed in 2015? And how unusual did it feel to race in a season like that where so many of you guys had similar seasons and nobody was really able to create any distance in the standings? Yeah, I think that just goes to show you like what the competition level was back in 2015. You know, nobody showed the dominance that uh, maybe they did in, in years you know, later. Um, and you just showed up every week like nobody was a favorite even after practice. You know, Anybody could win that deal. And... Um, just having everybody being so competitive and getting win in and win out, um, it just made you be that much more, I wouldn't say conservative, but just that much more aware. Like one little mistake can lead to a lot of points loss, being, being that there's so many people that are just ready to, to pounce on all over those points and finishes. So being that that was my first full year, you know, trying to get 
into my rhythm and, and knowing my place in that series, you know, I, I found myself not sticking my nose where I knew it wasn't supposed to be or that could cause us some, um, you know, some points or so per se. So that's probably a, a good thing that kind of helped us keep us consistent and some of those top five finishes that we got, um, which then led to our championship season. But man, yeah, what uh, it's cool. I uh, wish, really wish we could have done it again, but um, pretty cool to have that under our name and our belt um, that year in 2015. Now let's talk about the big celebration in Charlotte when the season ends, because that had to be really special for you guys. You have the Night of Champions at the NASCAR Hall of Fame, honoring all regional and Touring Series champions from the year. And your 99 Napa Filters Toyota Camry is sitting there in the Hall of Fame. Your name goes on the wall of uh, West Regional Champions in the Hall. Uh, how special was all of that experience for you? Yeah, it's cool for somebody like me in Colorado because I had no, no clue like what any of that stuff was or, or how those banquets went. And so for your first time to kind of witness it um, and be a part of such a crazy week, um, NASCAR kind of treated us like royalty that week and did a lot of fun stuff. It was it was a lot of fun, you know, to have your car on display in front of thousands of people that were there for that dinner that night. <clears throat> and then just to enjoy it with our whole pit crew, um, you know, a couple of our guys are, are maybe a little more introverted than the others. And they even let loose and had a good time and, you know, celebrated in a good way because they knew how much hard work and effort went into that season. And for it to pay off of the championship was a lot of fun. Um, man, even the best part, like one of the most introverted guys on the team, I think he even missed the next morning's meeting uh, with the team to move the car the next morning. That was pretty fun and funny. And, um, man, what better way to, to celebrate it with those guys and obviously Bill and everybody that made it a part um, you know, my family, uh, mom, dad, and wife, and my grandma and grandpa who live in North Carolina, they were there to celebrate. Celebrate. Um, so it was a fun weekend, definitely a weekend I'll never forget. And that's kind of, you know, they certainly do it right on just uh, showing their level of support on, on what a great season it was, and it was a lot of fun. Well, Chris, uh, you raced at your home track, Colorado National Speedway, four times with Bill McAnally Racing, and you won three of those races. So you're the winningest driver in NASCAR West competition at Colorado. What does that mean to you to hold that record at a place that's so special to you? Man, it tells me we probably need to get another ride with BMR again next time they come to Colorado to just kind of extend that out. That place is a lot of fun. You know, I haven't raced there since they repaved it, so it's a whole new new animal, new racetrack. But, you know, just having so many laps around that place, I kind of know what that track does under certain situations and characteristics and I just knew, you know, in some of those race weekends when the Canaan Series came uh, there, you know, to not dial ourselves out during the sunlight versus what it does at nighttime. And, you know, that's a place you really got to conserve your tires and, and, and manage them and just manage your race pace. And I think that played a big role in, into our success, um, those three wins that we had. And I think the other one we finished second to Partridge, which we ended up beating Partridge at his home track in Irwindale. So that was kind of fun to trade those hometown wins uh, between the two of us. But, um, man, I look forward to the team coming, coming to Colorado each year, um, even though I haven't raced in the last few years. It's, it's always a fun time to have that series come back to Colorado and just see the fans come together. Man, they love, you know, the Arkham Nard series. It's always fun to get, fun to see, you know, old teammates and all the crew guys and all that stuff, Bill and everybody. Um, and it's fun every time they come back to Colorado. But, you know, one of these years, maybe I need to hop back into a car just to see if I still got it. All these young young drivers and, and guys like Jeffy Love, 
um, coming up through the series. You know, they got bright futures and a lot of talent. And would be fun to race with those guys again, maybe one time. So you're the NASCAR West Series King of Colorado National Speedway, and I, I feel like it would be wrong for me to not also give you credit for being the King of Orange Show Speedway as well, because uh, this this one is particularly amazing to me because you've I imagine you've only seen this track twice in your life, and you've won there on both occasions. And the reason why that's such a big deal is because most drivers weren't lucky enough to finish this race two years in a row, and somehow you came away with two trophies from the San Bernardino California short track. How were you able to run so well at a place like that that you've never raced at before? And uh, I think the even bigger question here is how did you survive such a treacherous short track? Yeah, those places, like every time you see those places on the schedule, you kind of dread going there. Um, You know, as a driver, they're not that fun. Um, But it takes more discipline at those places than any other place. They're so easy to overdrive. And that's that's a place where, um, a place that takes a lot of discipline and kind of suits my driving style. I don't know. I mean, you know, luck probably played into a lot of it years in a row, but, man, we had really good race cars every time we went there. Super flat, um, meaning, like, you had to have a lot of throttle finesse, and and you had to be really thinking about your throttle tracing from lap one to the end um, and not to roast the tires off the thing, and you know, and just just be patient. Um, Those races go by really quick because the laps are so, so fast, but just making sure you don't put yourself in a position to get yourself in trouble early on. And you always had to pay attention on what position you were in, in the running, you know, because if you were running in an even position, knowing the yellow flag can come out at any time would put you on the outside, which made it really difficult on restarts. Um, And so, you know, knowing to be a little bit more aggressive if you're running in an even position under green versus an odd position and just slowly working your way up through the field. I, I think I remember, both times we ran there, at least one year, I think both years, though, we, we didn't have the best qualifying efforts um, and kind of bummed us out. But, you know, we were able to claw ourselves our way up to the front and win both of those races. And like you said, just kind of threw a trip. You know, I, I, I would I think if I remember right, you know, we had the car to beat both, both uh, nights. But through attrition and stuff, like you mentioned, a lot of guys failed to finish that race. And, you know, I think that year um, that we were racing Todd against the championship, I think he had a bad night there as well, and we made up a few points. So that that, that was a good race talk for us, and um, definitely a good points night both times we went there, that's for sure. So uh, you've talked about your final, your 2017 season with Bill McAnally racing a little bit, but uh, what really stands out to me from that season is just kind of the lineup that you guys had there at BMR. You're back in the 99 Napa Filters Toyota. Todd Gilliland returns to the number 16 Napa Toyota after his first championship. And then Derek Krause joins the team in the number 19 car, and uh, you guys end up finishing 1-2-3 in the standings. Uh, now, here we are a few years later, you're all champions of the series. I just think that's kind of special to look back on that particular team and what you guys were able to accomplish that year and then, you know, separately throughout your careers in the series. How uh, how special was that uh, that BMR trio in 2017? It was a lot of fun. Todd and uh, Derek are quite a bit younger than myself, but uh, they're, they're two two good drivers, good people. And uh, we had a lot of fun together that year and had a lot of success between the three of us. And, and then at the end of the year, I think when Derek won um, in Kern, when we had our misfortune and Todd won his championship, you know, that kind of set his precedence moving into 2018 when he had a, a banner year winning, I don't even know how many races, but it seemed like every week. Um, and then picking up Bill, another championship, you know, that year, that was, that was a lot of fun. And I, I, I wish we would have had a little bit better luck in some of those races. 
like I said, I think um, I don't remember how many wins we had that year. Maybe it's three or so. And Todd maybe had somewhere or four or so. And we got, you know, Todd had a pretty good points lead there halfway through the season, I want to say. And we started clawing our way back. And then we were able to win in Evergreen kind of late in the year. And he had a bad night that night. And like I said, I thought we were going to have a good night in Meridian the following week or, or week prior or whatnot and, and kind of be tied in the points. I think it was, we would have been if we would have won that deal. But it was just one of those years, you know, like if, if Todd wasn't winning, it seems like we were in the winner's circle and then Derek picks up his win in Kern. Um, I remember BMR, we won dang near every race that year. and It really showed everybody like what a powerhouse team Bill, Bill had. And, um, man, the guys were just clicking that year and us as drivers and everything. It was, you know, it was definitely a year for, for Bill and his team and Napa because uh, it seemed like the Napa cars, they were up front a lot that year. Yeah, between the three of you guys that season, you all won 11 out of the 14 races that season. Pretty uh, pretty dominant season for uh, for Bill McAnally Racing. Chris, before we, uh, before we let you go here, I want to give you a moment to uh, kind of reflect on the success you guys had with BMR, say a few words to uh, you know the BMR team, Bill McAnally, as uh, this milestone season comes to a close here. It's the 30th anniversary season for BMR with Napa Auto Parts, championship number 10 for the team. You're a championship winner with BMR. And of course, this season, Bill McAnally Racing hit the 100-win milestone, which you contributed quite a bit to as well. Your championship season was the uh, the 25th anniversary with Napa and BMR, so I uh, want to go ahead and give you the floor now and uh, uh, go ahead and say a few words here. Yeah, it's kind of cool to to talk to you about some of the past, some of the stuff that I kind of forget and kind of linger in the back of my mind. It's pretty cool to have such an integral part of of the success of that team. But and it all goes back to Bill and how he leads that team. That man is such a great leader towards uh, all the crew guys there. You know, being there the three years that I was, I met some of the coolest and best friends that I ever had um, as crew guys and teammates and stuff like that. And, you know, going back to that 2015 team that I had that we kind of carried throughout the next few years, Brian and Brandon, you know, hanging out with them and, and Mona, the spotter, and just having the crew chiefs we had, you know, Roger and Ty. And, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I still talk to almost all those guys um, on a monthly basis almost. And yourself, Anthony, you know, everybody stay close and tight. Um, it's just it's cool to be a part of that team and organization five years ago and just following that team and its success and, and having Jesse Love as, you know, the 2020 uh, Arkham Menards champion and giving Bill his 10th championship. That's, that's unbelievable. 10 championships in 30 seasons. Um, I'm never one good at math, but I assume that's a, a championship one in three years. That's, that's pretty spectacular. As a, as a race team, especially in the K&N and Arkham Menard series, with the competition level that it is. Um, pretty cool that have one of those championships under myself, my belt, and then having, I think, whatever, we had nine wins or something like that um, to, to add into that Hunter's win um, that I think Gio had at Roseville or whenever that occurred. It's pretty cool, and they've got a lot more to do. Um, I know Bill's got a lot more years in him with racing and and developing young drivers, and, and he better because my, my little guy is only two and a half years old, so he's got to be around long enough to get, get Tanner in one of them cars here um, for years to come because it would be pretty cool to do that. But, man, everybody over there at Bill's shop and, and everything they do with the Napa Auto Care side and everything with Napa, I don't know if I've ever seen such a loyal partnership uh, between two entities such as Bill and, and Napa. Um, it's pretty cool, and it certainly shows on the racetrack with their success. Well, Chris, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us on this special edition of BMR Access. Enjoy your holiday season. All the best to you and your family. 
Um, and I appreciate Anthony, you too, and tell your dad hi. And, uh, man, congratulations to Bill and Jesse on your season, man. That's pretty cool. A big thank you once again to our guest, Chris Eggleston, for joining the show. Somehow we've had four guests join us for today's episode, and we are not done yet. During Chris Eggleston's time behind the wheel of the number 99 Napa Filters Toyota Camry, and briefly in the number 50 car as well, he picked up a total of nine NASCAR K&N Pro Series West wins, along with that 2015 Series Championship. During the 2015 season, Chris had Eric Holmes as his spotter and driver coach, a job that we've seen Eric do for multiple drivers that have raced for BMR. But before all that, Eric Holmes was a full-time competitor in the NASCAR West Series. He won himself a championship in 2006 before joining BMR full-time in 2008, their first year running Toyotas. And in that 2008 season, Eric Holmes would win four races and take the championship. Fast forward two years, and he would have another great season. Eric Holmes and the number 20 Napa Auto Parts Toyota team would win 5 out of 12 races on that season, and they would lead the points for 8 out of the 12 races en route to his third NASCAR West title in 5 years, second with Bill McAnally Racing. And with that, we now welcome onto this special edition of BMR Access, 3-time champion of the NASCAR West Series, 2-time champion during his time with Bill McAnally Racing, and champion during BMR's 20th anniversary season with Napa Auto Parts in 2010, winner of 15 races as driver of the number 20 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry from Escalon, California, Eric Holmes joins us. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. It's great to have you back on the show. And Eric, we haven't seen you behind the wheel in the NASCAR West Series in quite some time, but we've been lucky enough to have you around as a spotter and a driver coach on many occasions. Why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to recently, who you've worked with on BMR, and some of the work you've been doing in other NASCAR series as of late. Yeah, for sure. I mean, since I quit driving um, full-time, my first year really spotting was uh, uh, with Bill, with uh, Chris Eggleston. So we had won that championship with Eggleston. And then uh, I think the following year was with uh, Julia Landauer. And then, um, then I spent two years with Derek Krause. And and then I spent a year with Haley Deegan, and that was all, you know, straight years with BMR. And then uh, this past year, I moved to South Carolina and uh, came back here and spotted for Haley in the ARCA series. And then I also was, before COVID, working with BMR and Jesse Love. And then, um, you know, obviously the scheduling changed and everything changed. And uh, I uh, ended up helping different people throughout the year, so... Definitely, it was a different year, and then also in those times, I've done. I spotted uh, one season of trucks with uh, Stuart Friesen, and one season of trucks with uh, Todd Gillen. So it's been a been a busy few years spotting, but it's been a lot of fun. Can you talk a little bit about how you got to know team owner Bill McAnally and how that relationship evolved? Because you were part of the NASCAR West Series for some time before we actually saw you driving a Napa car for BMR. Yeah, exactly. I would say shoot the late 90s i was kind of winning a lot of races at you know stockton 99 speedway madera and altamont all over and uh, just trying to look for an opportunity and just picking up the phone making calls and different stuff and uh, i just remember uh bill was kind of in that transition from doing from driving to uh, owning and uh you know i put lots of calls in the bill trying to drive that number 16 napa car for and this was in the late 90s and uh after that, Bill always gave me opportunities. Uh, early 2000s, he would started promoting a race in Roseburg, and he called me and said, hey, I got a car. 
if you want to put it all together and take it up there. So we did that. Um, I brought it down to my shop and put the whole car together and took it up there and darn near won the race. I think we finished second. So I did that a lot with Bill over the years. And then uh, 2006, my car owner, Alan Beebe, was wanting to, you know, do the West Series a little bit. So we borrowed a car from Bill and went to, to Phoenix and finished second to Ken Schrader. And then we ended up purchasing the car and somehow just kept racing it all year and won the championship. So, um, and that's kind of kind of where I got to know Bill is all through those years, and he's always helped me out a lot, and it was always a person I respected and looked up to. And then uh, 2000, the winter of 2007, he had called me and asked me to come drive for him. And we had, a, you know, obviously we had about five great seasons together, and still still working together. And today, and I enjoy every moment I work with Bill and learn a lot. And like I said, he's just been a, a great person to deal with. So. And now uh, let's take a moment to talk about that 2006 championship season a little bit. Because, I mean, you talked about it a little bit, buying the car from Bill McAnally, running the full season and winning a championship. But I think it was uh, one of those really, uh, really cool old uh, West Series seasons that I think a lot of fans miss because of some of the names that were running for those championships. Obviously yourself, but you're racing against Mike David and Mike Duncan, two California racing Mm -hmm. veterans. Uh, It had to be a really cool season. Yeah, it really was. I mean... NASCAR was in the transition from uh, their doing way with the NASCAR Southwest Tour Series, which was super late models. So we were racing that. That's what I, I had been racing. And so over the winter, we had all our cars ready. And so I had talked to Alan about, you know, getting ready for the West Series. And so, like I said, we borrowed a car from from Bill and went to Phoenix. And we had an old engine. And like I said, we went there and almost won the race. It was pretty much a a photo finish between uh, Ken Schrader and I. And so then we ended up purchasing the car and that was all we had. We had one car, one engine and, and Alan had already committed a certain amount of money for me to run the Southwest tour. And so, uh, fortunately we somehow made it work and we just started running the West. I mean, we had weeks where we'd race in Roseburg, Oregon on Friday night and then drive back and have to race Altamont in the, in the car on, on Saturday or Sunday. And we did a lot of double duty in Phoenix. We ran both cars, Irwindale, we ran both cars. And I had a great group of guys at the time. Uh, Ty Joyner was just, had become my crew chief and he was young and hungry and everybody loved to work on the cars. And it was just probably one of the most fun seasons I ever had racing. And, the competition was great. I remember Phoenix, we had 45 cars. Like you had to qualify to make the races, like, you know, and it was just, uh, we still ran California Speedway and we took the same car from Stockton 99 on Saturday night. We finished like third at Stockton Sunday, went to the shop and we pulled the motor out and, uh, Joe, uh, country Joe, the truck driver, he drove the motor to freight train Peters. I drove the car down to L.A. to have a new body, new front end put on it. We got back Monday night, put it all together, and went to California Speedway on Thursday. So it was definitely old school racing with a lot of old school racers. And, uh, I mean, thankfully we had the opportunity and everything worked out when we won the championship. So that was probably one of the funnest years of racing I had in my life, though. The year that you joined Bill McAnally Racing was the year that the team made the switch to Toyota. And uh, they, mm-hmm. they brought you on that season. You race alongside Austin Cameron and Moses Smith. What's the atmosphere like at Bill McAnally Racing when you joined in 2008 with all these changes going on? Yeah, it was definitely big. And, you know, I mean, Bill 
has talked to me a lot and you know about coming and driving for him and then basically i mean he we were at the all-star showdown in in irwindale towards the end of the 07 season and i didn't have any plans yet i and he had called me and just said hey i signed toyota and you know my deal with napa is you know we got to keep it going we haven't won a championship in a number of years and i need somebody to come in here and just win races and win the championship and not tear up equipment and uh, he had saw what i'd been doing so I came there and I mean, it was awesome. I mean, I came to the shop and he had a huge presentation with the cars were all painted up and people from Napa. I mean, you felt like you were, you know, joining a cup team, you know, and I had always known Austin, you know, and he was a great competitor. And I was, I really thought it was going to come down to him and I that whole year, you know, just, just racing hard together. And, uh, and like I said, it was just, it was just fun. It was a good atmosphere, but it was very professional. It was like you're coming to a cup team and you're on the West Coast. And I just, uh, I really, I'd always looked forward to that moment of coming and drive for him and for it to finally come. And then we go to our first race and win our first race together. So that made it even sweeter, you know. And now uh, let's talk about this championship battle you had in 2008 because you and Jason Bowles had quite a fight for the championship that year. And I always like to think of that as a two-year battle between you guys because it carried over into the next season. And really, it was just you two racing for the title. Like, there's a lot of great competitors in the series, but you two, for those two years, were just far and away the best. What was it like racing against Jason in that number 16, uh, in that number six team for those championships? Yeah, I mean, Jason was a tough competitor. I mean, uh, I didn't, I didn't really know much about him. You know, the beginning of the. 08 season and I didn't realize he was going to be my competitor till about five races in and then like I said we uh we had a lot of uh great battles we had some heated battles I mean I remember a race in Roseburg Oregon I mean we it was a pretty physical race I remember Sonoma we had a pretty physical race I think I finished second to him there and uh it was just like I said the whole year was pretty physical and then um we got along okay, I would say, and then, you know, I think towards the end, we didn't get along as well. To, to today, we get along better, but um, I like racing that way. I mean, I was a little more old school. I mean, today's people, everybody gets, it seems like gets along really well, and it's just weird to me, but um, those years, I liked racing guys and racing hard, and uh, that was fun, and then we moved on to, what, 2009, we came out of the gate winning a lot of races and having a lot of success. And then for whatever reason, we just had a terrible summer and lost a ton of points and, and things kind of went downhill for a little bit there, but we gained it back towards the end and got a run at them at the end. Just, just couldn't quite pull it off there. So, but yeah, definitely he and I, those two years had a, a lot of great battles together. Take me back to you guys celebrating that 2008 NASCAR camping world West championship at all American speedway in Roseville, your very first championship with BMR first for BMR with Toyota how did it feel to deliver in such a big way on your very first season with the team? Yeah, definitely. It was really gratifying for myself. Just, just knowing that, you know, that's what Bill wanted me to come there and do and, and to be able to do it. And I was fortunate. I brought Ty Joyner and Joe and a lot of the guys that had been with me for a long time there. So I felt comfortable. Um, I had trusted, you know, everybody was on the team. I had, we had trust in each other. We knew each other. And so we knew we could do it. It was just, you know, a lot of times a little luck plays into it. So, um, but like I said, being, being able to come and do what basically I was hired to do, that, that made me feel good. And I was very proud, you know, to be able to do that for Bill and everybody at Napa and Toyota and all that. So it definitely was gratifying. 
And during your time behind the wheel of the number 20 Napa Toyota, you were unstoppable at Douglas County Speedway in Roseburg, Oregon. You won there three years in a row. It's a BMR promoted event. There's always a lot of folks from Napa in the stands in that race. And uh, each year, you in the Napa car, you delivered the winning result. And I mean, that 2008 race will always stand out to me just where you were, you weren't going to be beating that race uh, under normal circumstances. And then something, you know, went against you guys late in the race and it still didn't keep you guys down. Mm -hmm. You ended up coming back from a flat tire. Uh, Talk about your dominance of that track and what was it that made you so successful there? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Bill promoted a racer, like I said earlier in 2002, and he gave me some old car from the back of the shop. And I went there and I was just, I adapted really well. It kind of reminded me of Stockton and Madeira put together. And those were tracks I grew up racing and a lot of throttle control and just the way you drove it. And then uh, I just adapted really fast. I, and like I said, the first time I went there in that old car, I finished second or third. And then, and then after that, we won those three in a row. And uh, yeah, that 2008 race, that was probably the most perfect race car I've ever driven in my life. And we were just dominating and ended up getting a flat tire and late in the race. And we were able to change the tire. I had such a big lead and the crew was on it. That we were able to change the tire and not go a lap down. And I think I lined up 13th or 14th with 20 laps to go. And, and, you know, I had to move every car, but I didn't wreck nobody. And I didn't spin nobody. And then it got down to the end. It was, uh, Jason Bowles and I, and he was, he made his car really wide and I ended up having to move him out of the way and sparks were flying. We banged each other and I won the race. So it was probably, uh, one of the funnest races I've ever been a part of. Um, a lot of people were mad. A lot of people were excited. The fans loved it. So I guess that's a, that's a good day to win a race like that. Yeah. Douglas County Speedway is a, a track that uh, is known to be hard to pass on. And I'll never forget, you mm-hmm. know, seeing you line up on that restart, just thinking there was no way there was enough time to get back up there. But sure enough, you know, when it all, all finished up you ended up in victory lane and i mean you ended up in victory lane a lot of times with bmr on a lot of these short tracks but uh, early on in your second season with bmr or rather your second championship season with bmr you picked Mm -hmm. up your first win of the season at phoenix raceway on the weekend of the spring cup series event and i mean the west series Mm -hmm. is a short track heavy series so uh, these races at cup series tracks always feel like a really big deal how did it feel to be celebrating a win at phoenix yeah, that was definitely big. Um, like I said, the beginning of the year, we kind of had just a few bad races. Things didn't quite go our way. And then we we went to Phoenix, and I've always ran really well. I've won Southwest Tour races there, and I've always been fast there. And we just never got the win in the, in the K&N cars. But, uh, yeah, we went there. We had a great car the whole weekend and came out the winner, and, and that turned the whole season around for us. And uh, Matt Goslin was my crew chief that year, so that was our first win together. And um like i said whenever you're somewhere where the cup series is and you're able to win it's a big deal and and that one felt really good and that was a big turning point and confidence builder for me and my new crew chief for the rest of the year that that 2010 season and after phoenix you had yourself a pretty dominant 2010 k&n west season picked up your third nascar west championship second with bmr and you drive the number 20 napa toyota and it was bill mcanally's 20th anniversary with napa as the sponsor can you talk a bit about capturing that 2010 championship and how much that meant to everybody? Yeah, it was kind of reminding me as my first season, you know, we, with Bill, where we came in there and did what we, you know, set out our goals were to do was win the championship. And that year was the same. It was a big deal for Bill and his 20th anniversary with Napa Auto Parts. And, you know, we had brought in Matt as a crew chief and just a lot of things had changed in this series. And we went to a lot of new tracks that year and, and, 
you know, it was just, and I knew, you know, we had everything there to do it. We just needed to make it happen. So it, it was probably, like I said, uh, 2006 was one of my funnest years racing, but 2010 was probably one of my best years in racing, just as far as dominating and making things happen and, and having, having the, all the chemistry there and, and being all the stuff that was going on. So that was definitely a fun year. And unfortunately it was my last championship. We came close a few times after that, but, uh, I thought we were on a roll to win a few more after that, but, uh, it definitely was a, a sweet year and, uh, can't believe I was already 10 years ago. Well, another huge accomplishment that you scored with BMR was that you picked up the team's 50th win as a team. You scored that at the Evergreen Speedway in 2012, running a really cool-looking black-and-white Napa Batteries paint scheme that weekend in Washington. And, uh, I mean, helping a team deliver, uh, or helping uh, deliver a milestone victory to a team, where does that rank in terms of career accomplishments for you? Yeah, I mean, that was a that was a big day also. Um, looking back on that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was my last K&N win. So, obviously, personally, that was a big deal for me, and it's a big deal for BMR to have their 50th win at that time. Um, it was a track that I had always had success at, just hadn't won at. So, I was really one of my favorite tracks also just to, to get a win there. Um, the win also stands out for me is uh, – I burned my foot. I just remember my feet were on fire in that race. I burned my feet really bad at huge blisters on my feet in the, during the race and um, was able to keep it together and, and win. And looking back today, that's a big deal. You know, it was a big day. It was a 50th win for BMR. It was my last win. So a lot of things happened that day, you know, and uh, still look back. That's probably still one of my favorite tracks to go to. And I just, I love going up that area and that racetrack. So always look forward to that. You look at the uh, the Arco West series now, and uh, you know the age group of drivers is much younger. And at the the time when you're racing in the series and you win your three championships, that's during a time when you're racing against a lot of other veteran drivers who spent several years in the series as well. You know you're racing against the same group of guys, all you know veteran, experienced short track racers. How does it feel to have accomplished so much in a time where you're racing against the same guys for so long, and you really had the most success out of anybody in that group? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of great drivers at the time, too. I mean, like I said, we had Jason Bowles, Mike David, Duncan, um, and then we had David Mayhew, Greg Persley. I mean, there was just a lot of a lot of guys that grew up racing short tracks and had a lot of success in all different forms of racing. And um, not to take anything away from people racing today because it's changed so much, but I feel those were probably some of the best years of the West Series as far as competition great drivers most everybody respected each other but raced each other hard um like i said looking back those maybe not the early days of the the west series is probably pretty awesome too when you had herschel and jack mccoy and all them guys but i definitely think from uh 2004 to 2012 era of, of the west was probably one of the the best of there was and you know, for me to win three championships in about five tries, I was pretty proud of that. Well, Eric, thank you so much for being part of the show. We we talked about the milestones that you were part of with this race team, and this year even more was tacked onto those milestones as the team eclipsed 100 wins as a team, 10 championships on the 30th anniversary season with Napa. So as we close things out here, I'd like to give you the opportunity to give your own personal message to Bill McAnally, Jesse Love, and the entire BMR team on all these accomplishments here in a very special season. 
Yeah, I'd just uh, really like to congratulate Jesse on his championship at such a young age, and uh, I was proud to be a little part of that. You know, I started the year out spotting for him, so congratulations to Jesse and, and all his crew and the crew chiefs and everybody. But more importantly, congratulations to Bill McAnally. I mean, Bill's done so much for my career and so much personally that, like I said, he's just somebody I really look up to, and just for him to win 10 championships is pretty awesome. And congratulations to Napa Auto Parts. I mean, I was uh, a partner in some auto parts stores, some Napa auto parts stores for a few years and really got to know everybody. And Napa is just a top-notch company. They love racing and motorsports. And, uh, you know, without people like them, none of us could uh, could get to enjoy racing and the success we've all had. So congratulations to Napa, Bill McAnally, and Jesse Love and the entire team. And appreciate being a little part of it. Well, Eric, you've accomplished so much in your racing career here on the West Coast. It's been great reliving some of these memories Thank you for being part of the show, and have yourself a great holiday season. All right. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Eric Holmes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you to the three-time champion for joining us here on the show. Eric spent five years behind the wheel of the number 20 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry and a partial season in 2013 behind the wheel of the number 16 Napa Camry. Eric Holmes won 15 races driving for Bill McAnally Racing, and his final win came in 2012 at Evergreen Speedway, driving a pretty cool black and white Napa Batteries number 20 Toyota Camry. And this was win number 50 as an organization for BMR. So once again, we're sort of working backwards here on today's special edition of BMR Access. We're celebrating 100 race wins, 10 championships for Bill McAnally Racing, and the 30th anniversary of BMR's relationship with Napa. We've talked to drivers who have made up 7 of the 10 championships, and we're not stopping there. Up next, we've got the always entertaining Brendan Gaughan, and he'll join us momentarily. Before he joins the show, let's talk about Brendan Gaughan's time behind the wheel of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car for BMR. Brendan drove the number 16 car in the 2000 and 2001 seasons. In 2000, Brendan picked up two wins and rode many consistent top five results to his first series championship. In 2001, it took until race number four of the season for Brendan to pick up his first top five of the season. Because of this, it would take a lot of winning for Brendan to defend his Winston West title. And win he did. In the final 10 races of the season, Brendan would pick up 6 wins and capture another NASCAR Winston West championship. And in addition to that, Brendan would go part-time truck racing in 2001 and full-time in 2002, driving the number 62 Napa Auto Parts Orleans Racing Truck. He had a lot of success in the truck series, and he is our next guest here on the BMR Access Show podcast, another former driver of the number 16 Nap Auto Parts car, a back-to-back NASCAR Winston West Series champion in 2000 and 2001, winning a championship in BMR and Napa's 10th anniversary season. From Las Vegas, Nevada, welcome Brendan Gaughan to the show. Thank you for joining us, Brendan. How are you doing? I'm always well. Any, any, anytime I'm talking about the Mac Daddy is a good day. <laughs> well, Brendan, uh, before we start talking racing, uh, we, we've known you as the driver of the South Point Casino race car all these years. You guys have had a lot of hard work to endure this year at South Point Casino in Las Vegas to, uh, to make it safe for people to come and still visit your casino during these times. How have things been as of late over at the South Point? It's a, you know, look, just like a lot of the country, it's a tough go right now. Um, Vegas is hurting pretty bad. We, we've lost all of our, you know, events that there's no, this is not the normal Las Vegas. There's no shows, there's no music, there's no conventions, there's no, you know, so it's, it's a, definitely a different time, but you know what, we're all working through it. We're all working our tails off trying to make it right. And, uh, 
we're, we're working hard for our, for our customers and, and we're working hard for our employees, trying to keep people employed, trying to keep, you know, food on the tables. It's Christmas time right now. And, and we're, we're working really hard to try to keep our people, you know, just surviving. For you this year, uh, you know, we got to see you on track a few times in the NASCAR Cup Series, your final uh, races that you have planned for your NASCAR career. You ran all the Daytona and Talladega races, as you usually do. And you had a great top 10 finish at Daytona in August. I'm sure you still plan to be very closely tied to racing as you've been for so long. But uh, how do you feel as you say goodbye to the driving side of things? Hey, you know, I mean, we, we, we had a top 10 in the Daytona 500. We had a top 10 in the, in the, the July rate, or actually now the August race. Um, had great races going at Talladega. You know, I mean, that's the risk of those places is, is uh, I was always willing to take it, and I finally am not willing to take the risk anymore. I got old somewhere along the line. So, uh, look, I, I, as people that know me, I race in the off-road. I've been doing that since I was a teenager, and that's where I love to be. I love racing. I'm also going to help the Beard Motorsports team. The Beard Oil guys, are uh, they're going to run at least the Daytona 500 this year. And, you know, that they're, they're a great family that I love to be a part of, and they've asked me to help them pick their driver and, and help them kind of navigate through their, the, their first race without me. And so honored to do that with those guys. And, and then other than that, you know, I'll, I'll, you probably won't see me in the NASCAR world much, but I'll, uh, I'll be around the off-road world if you're looking for me, maybe some sports car world if you're looking for me. Well, we've only had the chance to see you behind the wheel at the super speedways and some road courses the last few years. And that really stands out to me because when NASCAR drivers stop racing full-time and they end up in a position to choose which tracks they want to race at, the road course races and the super speedways are typically the first ones to drop off their schedule. But you've done the exact opposite. You've enjoyed <laughs> racing at both of those type of tracks. Yeah, if you ask Bill, he, he would be able to first one to answer this, that, you know, a uh, couple sandwiches short of a picnic, so to speak, in this driver. Uh, every time I show up, Kyle Busch, all my old buddies, Jimmy, they all look at me and go, why in the hell do you show up here of all places? Um, I loved it. I loved racing that style of racing. Uh, it, it has a chess match feel. You have so much more cerebral racing that you have to do. It's, it's you know, old bull, young bull type stuff, wait, when to go. It, it was a ton of fun. And, yeah, I, I, Bill would be the first one to tell you that elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. There's definitely a reason, you know, why I like that and others don't. Well, let's take things back to your uh, your days in the NASCAR Winston West Series now. You raced in the series a little bit before joining forces with Bill McAnally. Can you talk about how your deal to work with Bill came together here in the first place? Yeah, you know, it's actually a a, a pretty awesome story that Bill and I, you know, we're, we're just lucky to make. Um, when I graduated college in 1997, Walker Evans Racing was one of the founding members of the of the NASCAR Truck Series. And I got out of college, and I and they said, "Come drive this truck." So I was like, "Oh, NASCAR stuff, okay." And you know, we we knew that I had to learn, so we started doing Winston West racing. And in 1998, did a part-time West schedule, and Walker Evans, his race team, was given a an invitation to go race the Motegi Japan race. It was the first year at the Twin Ring Motegi, um, not the road course over there. And Walker had an invitation, but we didn't have any equipment for that. And on the West Coast, even in 1998, one of the up-and-coming and bigger teams on the West was a man named Bill McEnally. Someone told, hey, go call Bill. He might have equipment. So we, we at Walker's, we went over to McAnally and said, hey, we, we got an invitation to this race in Japan. You want to go, uh, want to take this, you know, <laughs> numbnuts, this, this kid that, you know, has only raced a couple races and 
go race a cup race and famous last words you know and uh went over met bill flew to sacramento to to meet meet mac daddy and you know uh, we we have a lot of very funny stories about that day of meeting move, moving in, into his new house and stuff like that but met harley roush and some of the guys that were still with me to this day and uh made a deal to go race japan we raced one race 1998 cup race with Napa auto parts running top 10 the whole day i mean had a it was an amazing time. I mean, drafted with Dale Earnhardt Sr., raced with, with Bill Elliott, raced with Dale Jarrett, raced with Bobby Labonte and all these guys. I mean, it was just a phenomenal time. And then uh, went back to our own teams in 99 and in 2000. You know what? We, we were making a move from Walker Evans. He had just come off that 99 championship with Sean Woodside. And we made a deal. We said, you know what? Let, let's, let's be a force to reckon with. And we joined and made, made the Orleans racing team. And, and, you know, Bill McAnally moved his stuff into Vegas for a while. And, we, man, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about just uh, a, a, a juggernaut of, of what we were able to do, go truck racing, win West races. And that was the start of it, was the 98 Japan race. Now, uh, we have to talk about your crew chief during these years in the number 16 car, Shane Wilson, because you two worked together in much more than the Winston West series. We saw him as your crew chief for many years throughout NASCAR's top three series. Can you talk about your relationship with crew chief Shane Wilson? Yeah, you know, that once again, another one of those fortunate things. Um, Shane worked for Hendrick Motorsports, and we were looking for a crew chief, and we were doing some testing to try to maybe make some cup races or Xfinity races, or back then Bush races. And we had Fred Graves helping us. Fred Gray's Ron Hornaday, famous Napa Ron Hornaday crew chief. And Fred was helping us as his son Andy was starting this toy, this Dodge race team stuff. And, and Andy was out where, and Shane went with Andy. Shane was just the guy that was kind of waiting for his next team. And he came out on loan from Fred and Andy Graves to work with us for a couple races. Came out, worked a couple races, went back east. And about two months later, called up and we offered him the job full time and I'm telling you that my career never would be where it was today if it wasn't for Bill getting you know hooking that deal up with me and Shane um just phenomenal what we were able to accomplish for for such a long time and let's talk about that first championship season you picked up a couple wins and you led the points almost all season what do you remember the most from that 2000 Winston West season you know that first year there's a lot of things um we were consistent. We didn't win a lot of races, but we were fast and we were consistent. I think we had one race out of the top 10. You know, I had to learn how to finish races and how to win. And Shane, Shane taught me how to get to the finish line. We had a bunch of great guys on that team uh, that, that are still, that, that whole team is dear friends to this day. But what I remember is Shane just beating into my head about being consistent and just, just getting the finish lines, taking what the car will give us trying to be fast but don't try to win every race don't try to win every lap learn how to race and race for a championship and he taught me that in 2000 um ran a couple truck races ran you know with, with the tko team out of texas ran with our own stuff a couple times it was you know had a lot of fun trying to grow in the sport uh got so many fun stories I mean, so many fun memories and you just close my eyes thinking about it winning up in Monroe, winning at Bakersfield, which everybody knows I'm not a short track ace. And early in my career, apparently I 
I forgot how to race them because I did it early. But it was so much fun that first year. That win at Bakersfield, winning up in, in Monroe, Washington, uh, going to super speedways and being fast everywhere we went, just no crashing, learning how to finish and being consistent. And that is what won us that championship. In recent years, we've had the award ceremony for our regional champions at the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. We're going to have Sean Woodside on the show later. And I believe his, uh, I believe he's told me that the ceremony the year he won the title was in Hawaii. What, uh, what were the award ceremonies like for the yep. Winston West seasons when you won the title? Well, we were, we did ours in Irwindale right after the, the Irwindale race. Um, so they were, they, it was, it was one of those deals where it worked out perfect where the whole team could be there because it was right after the race. And for me, it was amusing. Um, I raced the Baja 1000 after both those championships. The Baja 2000 was a very famous race that happened in November of 2000. We won that championship, and then I jumped on an airplane immediately after that banquet and flew all the way down to southern Baja, California, to get in an off-road car. <laughs> um, didn't really make Napa and Bill very happy. But you know what? It was, it was what I loved to do, and I loved to race anything. But, man, we, those, those, those championship banquets – Back then, I remember being a kid and seeing everybody. Remember when jackets were trophies? You had the Gatorade jacket. You had the Budweiser jacket. You had the Champions jacket. That was like something that you – jackets were trophies. And I'll never forget, right before I, I started winning my championships with Bill and with Napa, I was with a, a, a famous racer named Rick Johnson, um, motorcycle racer Rick Johnson, dear friend of mine. Um, I worked at the Petty School and lived with him in North Carolina in his basement for a little bit. And I remember opening up that closet and he had all those champion jackets from all of his racing days. And I'm like, man, one day I'm going to win those jackets. And that first championship, I'll never forget it, man. We walked away with like four of those jackets and they still hang in my closet. I have, I'm framing a couple of them right now as trophies as I get older um, because was, I had those jackets. That was so cool. Well, I'm sure it's great to win a championship in any NASCAR sanctioned series, but I mean, uh, you talk about the jacket and winning uh, the Winston West title. Can't help but think, you know, when I go to the BMR shop and I see, you know, the championship trophies from those Winston West seasons, I mean, it looks an awful lot like the Winston Cup, you know, it's, uh, it's got to be a really cool experience. It was to, Winston, baby. It's got to be really cool to, uh, to celebrate those championships and receive a trophy that looks, you know, looks like the big thing that you see, uh, you know, in those years, getting to see guys like Bobby Labonte receive, you know, it's, it's got to be a really, uh, really exciting experience to, to bring all that in. No, that Winston West jacket was just like the Winston Cup jacket. I mean, it was, it was, they were identical. I mean, I won that first championship, Bobby Labonte won it, and the jackets were the same, and we did the championship picture, and he and I both had these, Win I mean, Winston, man, let me tell you something, Winston knew how to do this stuff right. Um, they were, they, they just, God, they were so much fun. Um, everything they did was first class. And even though Winston West was just a regional touring series, they didn't treat it like that. They treated it like it was just that, that you, you couldn't tell the difference that you didn't win the Winston cup. It was so much, such an honor to be there the last couple of years of that Winston deal and to win the championships under that Winston banner. Cause they, man, they were, they were great people. During your 2001 season, you absolutely dominated out of Irwindale Speedway. The series ran there three times in 2001, and you won all the races there. And on top of that, this is back when the Winston West Series races at Irwindale are 250 laps long. 
Can you talk about your Irwindale mm-hmm. success that season and how you guys were able to achieve so much there? <laughs> Listen, if I knew, man, we'd have bottled that up and sold it, you know, made a lot of money. We just, Irwindale was just the place. I went there the opening night of Irwindale. We took a super late model and I won the opening night. That was my first NASCAR win ever it was opening night at Irwindale. And for some reason, right from the get go, man, that place fit my style running right up next to that wall an inch from the, from the outside wall. Uh, it was, man, I just, something about Irwindale just fit me so well. And Shane Wilson and I were, were, we had, we had it dialed in the race cars we brought there were dialed in. Everything just worked perfect in that, you know, we, we dominate, I think my career at Irwindale, if you take late models and, and, and Winston West, I think my worst finish ever was third. I mean, just I, that place is still one of my favorite places in life to race. A few years after you uh, moved out of the NASCAR Winston West Series, that's when the NASCAR Toyota All-Star Showdown at Irwindale began. And uh, I mean, with how much you enjoyed racing at Irwindale Speedway, that race always seemed right up your alley. Did you ever think about trying to run that race during the nine-year stretch that it was contested? I did. As a matter of fact, one year I did the uh, radio for it. I think we won an Emmy actually for that too um, with PRN. We called the race, and, and I was the was in the booth. Um, always wanted to, just never had an opportunity. You know, Bill had his his fleet was full, so to speak, and you know, and 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 I wasn't going to do anything if it wasn't with Bill McAnally in the West. I mean, that's the only place I was going to go. So it, it's I just never I never had a chance for to race it. But I watched it every year. I called it on radio one year. I, I was I went to it a bunch of times. Uh, it was. A, amazing showcase when you figure how little press the west got that was our marquee event for for if you were a stock car racer on the west coast the the toyota's all-star showdown was it now let's talk about your 2001 season a bit because your path to the championship couldn't be more different than the 2000 season in 2000 you won a couple races and led the points all year long but in 2001 you won almost half the races and you took the points lead late in the year can you uh, talk about what you remember from that 01 season? Oh yeah, that 01 season had a lot of, a lot of stuff, man. That, uh, you know, wrecking early, right off the bat, early in the season, broke my shoulder blade at Phoenix in the very first race, blew a right front tire, and nobody knew that I broke my shoulder blade, and we just kept racing through it, uh, and we were way behind. But I'll never forget, man. There, there was an incident middle of the year that really really pissed me off about other comp- something about other competitors that will always stay private. All of us on the BMR team know exactly what it was. And it was just somebody that I, I really didn't like. And, and he pissed us off. And when he pissed us off, man, we went on a run and we were unbeatable. And we, we went to Irwindale one, we went to Monroe and one, we went to every, we won Las Vegas at my home track. Uh, we won California speedway with a comeback. What passed John Wood on the last lap uh, to win that race, you know, led one lap, the last one, the one that mattered. And we just, we came out and were just mean and trying to prove ourselves. We wanted to go truck racing. Everybody knew we wanted to go truck racing and we had to prove it. And I think it was two races to go. We finally got the points lead back. And we were, I mean, we, we, we felt like King Kong. We were, we were unbeatable. We went to that Irwindale race. And, and just, I don't think anybody could touch us. I, I, I don't, I think I let it was, I think it was a 225 or 250 lapper, the championship race. 
and I think we led like 180 laps or something. I mean, we just we were not, we there was nothing going to stop us midway through that year, man. We it was so much fun. And Herschel McGriff was my teammate, one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. He was 70 something years old. He came out of retirement, and he's driving for the Orleans Racing Team, my teammate. And you want to talk about a pair? Me and her. I hope I can be as active and as fun as Herschel McGriff was at that age. I can only hope I'm as cool as he was. And him being my teammate that year was unbelievably fun. I I don't think I've ever had as much fun with anybody in my life. And he was 70 something years old racing cars and just acted like a 20 year old. Well, you mentioned Herschel McGriff, and I don't think there was anybody during that time frame more popular amongst uh, West Coast racing than Herschel McGriff. And for you, you ended up winning most popular driver in the Winston West Series in 2001, as well as the Truck Series in 03. You know, talk about what that's like to be named most popular driver. Well, in 01, it was probably the most surprising of my life because you had Herschel McGriff. I mean, I remember Kevin Green, who was the NASCAR, uh, he was the, the media director then for the Winston West Series. And me and Herschel would go to a media center where normally they have, you know, a Q&A where a mo- Kevin would moderate and ask questions and this and that. And I remember one time me and Herschel walked in and he goes, okay, everybody, Brendan, go on. Herschel McGriff and just handed us the microphones. I mean, it, it was like a stage show between him and I. It was so much fun. And when they called my name for most popular driver in 01, I don't think I was more shocked than anything in my life because Herschel McGriff was the most popular guy out there. And, and a lot of times the guy that's winning is not the popular guy either. You know, nobody liked Michael Jordan when he was winning every championship. So I was really surprised when Herschel didn't win that. But I owe most of that most popular driver award to Herschel because him and I together were, were, were I mean, you know, in the words of Forrest Gump, we were peas and carrots. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, taking that Napa team truck racing in 2001 and then full-time in 02 because that was an incredibly fun era of truck series racing for the fans. And talk about what it was like to be uh, part of the truck series when you joined the circuit. Yeah, that's where we got the 62 number. Um, Napa didn't want us to be 16 because, of course, that was Ron Hornaday. And, you know, so we, ha- we had to pick a number. And most of my career off-road and everywhere else, I was 20. And so we, we took the six and the two. And, and there's a couple other, you know, things behind the scenes. My brother John is one of my heroes in life. He was number football number was 62. My dad's lucky number's eight. And so we all looked at each other and said, Hey, nobody, nobody's ever been 62. You know, we'll kind of own that number. And it stuck with me my whole career. It was a fortuitous decision for us. And it stuck with me my whole life. And that was a, another one of those, you know, kind of lucky decisions for, for me made by other people. Um, just, we, we had a six and a two on the ground and we said, Hey, let's do 62. But, that 2001 year, coming out of nowhere to win those Texas races with Napa, and Bill will be the first one to mention this. Every time we, we talk about winning that first Texas race, we always remind everybody, uh, that was called the O'Reilly's Auto Parts race. And the Napa Auto Parts Dodge rolled into victory lane there with flying the big Scoot, Mayor Scooter McGarish, uh, a Napa store owner in, in Roanoke, Texas, flying a 20-foot-high Napa flag in the O'Reilly's victory lane. Um, that was huge. That was big for Napa. That was big for us to be able to do that. Um, our sponsorship was contingent upon, you know, how well we did. And we, 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 we persevered and we made it, man. We won races. It was awesome to have that Napa deal. It was uh, 
one of the greatest times of my life. The, the people there, Wayne Wells, um, Bob McKenna, Dan Askey, some of the greats that, you know, have been through Wayne Wells. I mean, Wayne Wells is, is uh, I love that man as much as I love my father. He's a, him and Barbara were, were great, amazing people to me through the Napa network and still, still dear friends to this day. And, uh, you know, that, that 2001 year, man, rookie of the year, uh, or 2002 year rookie of the year winning races kind of, kind of priming ourselves to be the, the next great deal. That was a, man, that was a ton of fun, man. And now, of course, uh, I mean, you talk about the, the first Texas win, but the thing that's really cool is you guys just continued to win at Texas Motor Speedway during your time in the truck series. <laughs> you won four in a row at the Texas Motor Speedway. How huge of an accomplishment was that for you guys? Come on, remember, we're the only team on the West Coast. They had said you couldn't win races from the West Coast. They said you couldn't compete for a championship from the West Coast. When Shane Wilson came out the first time, he told me and my team that if we wanted to be successful, we, ha- we better start talking about moving east. And then he came out to, to be our crew chief, and he initially said, "Don't you know, man, we're going to have to start talking about moving east if you really want to do this. After that first year of Winston West racing, another year of Winston West racing, doing some trucks, he said, whatever you do, don't move out east. He goes, we had, we had something special going in Vegas. And that, that 2003 year, uh, with all those Texas wins, it's like Irwindale. If we knew what we did, we'd have bottled it and made a lot of money. Another big thing that happened during your truck series career was that you got to pick up a win in front of your home crowd at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. You're running the 62 Orleans truck. Is there anything more fun in a racer's career than winning at your hometown track? Watching your father cry in victory lane. That's, that's more fun. Uh, that was, I can still think back about that night and I still get tears in my eyes. I mean, there were 70 plus 80,000 people in the stands that night. They had, they had somebody in the crowd had like nine letters that spelled gone with our race car. I mean, I'll I'll never forget Owen Kearns, media director for the truck series. We qualified on the pole and they announced second place. Second place goes across the stage, you know, as, as any NASCAR fan knows. And here comes the, you know, they're, they're announcing the, the, the guy on the pole and I I'm sitting there with Owen and I'm, I'm smiling. I'm, it's, you know, already a good night. And the crowd just erupts. I mean, like it was Dale jr. And I actually stepped back off the stage because I thought they were announcing somebody else before they got to me. Like they had some dignitary there announced and Owen stopped me and said, Hey kiddo, that's for you. And I'll, I'll never forget that night. That was just so many cool things in front of your home. My grandfather was there all my friends, all my family, you know, that was our home track, our home team, everything was so cool. And, and it was, it was just, uh, we dominated that night too. I mean, it was so much fun and to get that win. And the best was the speedway told me that if I won, don't go through the grass. I mean, we, our shop was right there at the speedway. We knew it wasn't grass. We knew it was dirt. And I won that race and I went right into the green painted dirt. That's just, tore it up where you couldn't see and i'll never forget chris powell and jeff motley from the speedway shaking their head afterwards going really (laughs) like had to had to do it i'm a desert guy i wanted dirt well during your uh, final full-time season in the nascar xfinity series with rcr at darlington raceway you decided to run a paint scheme to throw it back to your time behind the wheel of the the napa paint scheme you ran in winston west as well as your napa truck from your rookie truck series season uh, when did you get the idea to do this and how cool was it to be uh, back on the track in your old Napa car one more time? You know, you're old when you run your own throwback scheme <laughs> um, that, that shows your age. Uh, 
you know, it was, it was really special for me. I knew that was my last year racing. Um, we didn't tell anybody else, but I knew that I wasn't going to be racing full time anymore. And I wanted, uh, it just for me personally. And for a lot of the guys, Shane Wilson was still there. Harley Roush employee, number one at Orleans racing. And was it Bill McAnally racing? Um, a couple other guys from the truck team, Tom Mount was, was on that race team at RCR, uh, Jesse Sanders from the Orleans team. We had a lot of guys at RCR from that race team. And I called Bill to see if we couldn't get permission. Cause look, Napa's a big company. You know, you don't just go get to put their name on a car and think you can get away with it. You have to get permission. And we, we talked to Dan Askey and, and all the powers that be, and they were honored to have it. I went and got permission from Chase Elliott. Cause of course, Chase is the, is the future of Napa, you know, with their racing stuff. And, and they gave me permission to, to run that old paint scheme. And, and it was, it was such a, it was a surreal feeling. I mean, I was, I was, you know, 42 years old and I'm jumping in this race car that looked like it did when I was 25 years old and just this young kid that was considered a young gun. And here I am an old man jumping in my first race car. It was, it was really an honor to be able to represent Napa one more time. And I really appreciate the hard work of Bill and Wayne Wells and, 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 you know, Dan Askey and, and all those guys that gave me permission to, to kind of relive the glory days one more time. Another cool thing that happened in that 2018 season was uh, you got to reunite with Bill McAnally racing one more time at the uh, Las Vegas dirt track. <laughs> your, your first Winston West race or your first NASCAR West series race in 16 years. You guys brought your whole team back together and uh, ended up getting a, I believe, a fifth place finish. How special was that experience? Yeah, I'll tell you what. It was really cool first having the whole, we got a picture with the whole team, the championship team. Basically everybody was there. I think we were missing maybe one guy, but it was so cool to have all of us there again. Kevin Croyer, the engine builder, Bill, Shane, me, Harley, Junebug. Half those guys were on the RCR team, so they're there with me. And talk about an interesting night. Yeah, it, uh, that, dirt, that first dirt track here at the, at the Speedway was definitely interesting. And come home, at the end of that race, we were running like six, and I go, I can't come out of here without a top five. I can't ruin my streak of West races. I got to at least be in the top five. So we, we gutted it up to get that top five at the end. But uh, that was fun to race with Bill again, race with all the guys. It was, uh, once again, I, I'm blessed. man, I'm so lucky. I got great people in my life that have been around me. I got great memories of, of so many great people. And, and so many of those days surround Bill McAnally racing. Well, you've had uh, local friends like Riley Herbst racing for Bill McAnally in recent years. And we've been lucky enough to see you at some of the races. How much do you still keep up with everything going on with Bill McAnally racing? Well, listen, I know all about the Drivers Academy. I, I, I can't believe how far Bill McAnally has come. And he and I, look, we, 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 you know, we had good times. We had bad times. We've, we've been friends. We've been mad at each other. You know, I mean, we've all through the years, we've had all sorts of stuff. We, we've gutted through and I grew up, I mean, I was a spoiled brat man back in the day. And, and he and I have, have, he's seen me come a long way and I've seen him come a long way. And this Bill McAnally driver's Academy, absolutely phenomenal. I'm so proud of Bill. I, I, I could not believe when I read that release and I saw that what he was able to do. And I'm, I am so looking forward to watching that. Well, Brendan, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to revisit your two NASCAR Winston West Series championships in 2000 and 2001. You contributed so many wins to BMR's all-time win total that surpassed 100 this year, and you uh, won two titles for them, and now they're up to 10 as of this year. 
You won uh, on BMR's 10th anniversary season with Napa, and now it's the 30th anniversary season. So it was a year of many milestones for the organization. You've played a big part in their success. So as we wrap things up, I want to let you uh, have a moment to give your own personal message to team owner Bill McAnally, Jesse Love, and the entire BMR team on all these accomplishments. Well, first, I mean, just how far you've come, man. I mean, that, that Napa Auto Parts shop that he has, race shop and everything, Bill, I don't know if anybody's more proud of you than, than me and my father, especially dad and I. We, we, we looked at that driver's academy. We've seen the pictures I showed him, and we're so proud of you. Uh, Deanna, you know, putting up with Bill, I know, is not always easy, but, you know, he's he, so proud of you, your family. Um, watching the kids grow up, dear goodness. I remember Haley riding on my shoulders as a little girl and Alex, you know, running around with us. And now I look at them both. So, so proud of the family. Love you guys all. Appreciate everything you've done for me. And you've worked your tail off, man. You deserve everything you've done and gotten from Napa. Well, Brendan, it's been great revisiting your years of success in the number 16 Napa machine. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you to Brendan Gaughan two-time NASCAR Winston West Series champion for joining the show. Brendan picked up eight wins while driving the Napa car for BMR, and in his rookie truck series season, he picked up two wins in the Napa truck at Texas Motor Speedway, overall picking up eight NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series wins. And that brings us to the championship that began this incredible run for BMR. 1999, Sean Woodside was the driver of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car, he picked up the win in the season-opening race at Tucson Speedway and added a second win later in the season at Mesa Marin. And then he would go on to win the very first Winston West Championship for Bill McAnally Racing. I'm very excited to welcome him on to the BMR Access Show podcast for the very first time. He is Bill McAnally Racing's first champion from Saugus, California, 1999 NASCAR Winston West Series champion, Sean Woodside. Sean, thank you very much for being part of BMR Access. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, Sean, thank you for uh, for being part of the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, I know the uh, 1999 season was uh, some time ago, but uh, it was your, your championship season in the 16 car. You'd already been racing full-time in Winston West for, for two years when you joined Bill McAnally Racing that season. And at this point, uh, BMR is just uh, one win in as a team in the Winston West series. And uh, Bill himself was uh, less than a year removed from being the driver of the number 16 Napa car. So uh, at this point, uh, what is this race team like when you first joined them in the beginning of 99? Um, well, it was uh, <laughs> it was kind of different. I came from uh, Golden West Motorsports at the time up to Bill's. And, you know, I had been racing against him. And uh, uh, Gary Smith was actually driving the car at that time. And then the next year, in 99, is when I took over. Um, but they, uh, it, it was different. Bill, you know, Bill wasn't full-time racing. Um, he still had a normal, uh, job. I think he worked for DWP or something at that time. Um, and I got the first race we went to, we didn't have a big semi or any of that stuff. And I think we only had one backup car. So it was, uh, it was a different, uh, different operation than, than he has going now. Well, you had uh, you'd run two full seasons in Winston West going into that 99 season, and you finished second in points both times. So going into that season, uh, even with you know uh, kind of a smaller run team as you described, uh, are you still kind of expecting a championship run and you know going out and winning multiple races? Yeah, we we definitely did. Um, at that time, we went to the first race, and 
I had the, uh, you know, really accomplished uh, crew chief Mike Stewart with us time, and he went to the first race, and uh, he got an opportunity to go truck racing, so he left the team, and uh, Chris Dietrich took over as crew chief. At that time, I don't think he had crew chief yet, so uh, him and I kind of uh, <laughs> figured out what setups and. Uh, had really good equipment. He had a good motor program. He had um, good cars, and uh, we just had to, you know, make it all work out. And you know, I think we did a pretty good job that year. So uh, you came out of the gate strong as ever. I mean, you described, you know, the uh, the crew chief change right there at the beginning of the season. But uh, I mean, that didn't stop you guys at all. You went out and you won at Tucson Speedway to to open things up. And uh, how much does a, a win to open the season set the tone for a title run, especially being that in the Winston West series, the season isn't particularly long? Um, it, it was everything. I mean, it, it really changed, the. I think, the dynamics for everything because uh, at that point, um, there was who stepped up and uh, helped us out a bunch. We ended up getting a, a semi, and, and uh, it, it basically – kind of made Napa, I think, notice that, you know, we had something going on. He was, was starting to get big, kind of went to the West Side here, and we had a bunch of new racetracks, you know, California Speedway and Vegas, and, you know, there was a lot of excitement in the West at that time um, with all, you know, cup drivers were showing up. So it was a, it was a good time, and, and it kind of worked out, you know. I think that catapulted Bill into, you know, being able to do it full time. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the rise of some of these newer tracks at that point on the schedule, Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Auto Club Speedway, and because of that, you've got Cup Series drivers in a good amount of your races, and I think the thing that really stands out to me is that, uh, I mean, that season, the lowest car count in a race was 20 cars, and that was just on one occasion. For the most part, you're racing against 26 to 27 guys uh, per race, and that's something we don't really see anymore at the regional level. And so uh, I imagine, I mean, the competition had to be pretty tough at that point uh, in the series, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I kind of felt like it's a, the series was different then because we actually had the cup guys come in to, you know, they would run California Speedway and Vegas and Phoenix and Pikes Peak um, along with, you know, you know, Kevin Harvick wasn't in the cup series yet, but, you know, he was heading there and. Bill Sedwick and Mike Chase and Corelli ran races. Um, you know, we had a lot of past champions come through there with, with good teams. So, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody was going to really win a ton of races that year because the competition was so tough. And now your, uh, your second win of that season came late in the season at Mesa Marin Raceway in Bakersfield. Sadly, Mesa Marin Raceway, not around anymore, but at one point it was the longest standing yearly race on the Winston West schedule. What was that place like to race at? I, I loved Mason Marin. Um, actually, looking back on it, I think we should have probably won both races there. I actually caught on fire <laughs> the first race earlier in the year when we were leading. Um, but, uh, no, we, I won a lot of, you know, most of my West race uh, wins were at Mesa. I think we won the October Classic uh, three years in a row, twice in the North Avenue car and once in the Napa car. So, uh it was really sad to see that uh, that place go away. 
you mentioned, you know, with all the competition, this was one of those years where no one driver could really absolutely dominate the season in terms of wins, but you kind of did the next best thing in that you dominated the season in top fives and top tens as opposed to the, uh, the competition you were racing against for the championship. And so uh, because of that, you know, you were able to lead the points for much of the season and give yourself a pretty solid points margin by the end. Uh, with all that being said, uh, I mean, were you thinking going in that, uh, you know, a couple wins could be enough to win the title? Or was there anything about that season uh, and the way it unfolded that really surprised you in any way? To be honest with you, I, I thought we'd win more races. Um, and, and we had a few opportunities where, you know, I, I made mistakes or we had mechanical issues. Um, you know, we probably let three or four other ones slip away on the short track stuff. But, um, you know, realistically, we weren't going to beat the Kenny Schraders and the Michael Waltrips and the cup teams that came to those races that year. So, you know, we were, I think we had a pretty realistic goal of uh, let's, let's finish and not tear the cars up and, and get the points and, and get the championship. Cause that's what I had finished second two years in a row. So I was pretty frustrating at that point. So <laughs> I didn't want to go three times in a row finishing second. Well, I think the uh, the most unique thing about that 1999 NASCAR Winston West Series season had to be wrapping up the season in an unexpected place. I mean, you guys finished the season with the NASCAR Cup Series at uh, Twin Ring Motegi in Japan. Can you uh, talk about what that experience was like to get to travel to Japan, race the 16 Napa car there, and be crowned a NASCAR champion in Japan? Yeah, it was, uh, it was you know, opportunity of a life- lifetime. You know, that was the, the first time that they... Uh, crowned a NASCAR champion outside of the United States and a great opportunity. We had a great time down there and, uh, and, you know, we did everything we were supposed to. So it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Kind of a, uh, a fun thing to look back on being that the, uh, the uh, West series for so many years, you know, you're, you're tied to one region. We're expecting to see races in California, Arizona, you know, Nevada, and then uh, you end up winning the championship that's crowned in Japan. That's a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool achievement. And uh, that season, the uh, the main guy that you had to compete with for that 99 championship, that was none other than uh, future driver of the 16 Napa car and Austin Cameron, another Southern California racer. He uh, finished second in points to you that season. Uh, what do you remember about racing with Austin that season or even just throughout your time in the series? Austin was always great to, to race with, you know, um, he had a family owned team before he got in the 16, uh, car also. So yeah, we, we had a great time and, uh, I actually, I had a great time with, uh, got to know Austin pretty, pretty well. Um, in Hawaii, our banquet was in Hawaii, which was another thing that was really cool about the 99 season that I don't think anybody else can say they had a banquet in Hawaii. So, um, yeah, it was kind of ironic. He ended up, uh, driving the Napa car. So it was kind of a cool deal. Well, there was a uh, good amount of tracks on the Winston West schedule during that time that uh, stayed on the schedule for several years. You won at Mesa Moran on three occasions in Winston West. I mentioned how that at one point was the longest standing continuous race on the schedule year after year. You uh, also won at Evergreen Speedway, which is still on the schedule to this day. Uh, Altamont Raceway, the road course at Topeka, as well as Tucson Speedway. So, uh, I mean, with three wins at Mesa Marin, uh, was that, uh, is it safe to say that was your favorite track on the circuit or did you possibly have another track you enjoyed racing at, uh, even more than that one? Um, no, I'd say at the time Mesa Marin was, you know, I, I came from Saga Speedway and, uh, it, it closed up and we went and 
ran late models at Mesa, which uh, for me got me noticed on the Winston West series by uh, Ray Clearage with the Golden West team. Uh, I had won races there and got the opportunity to, to get into the West series because of him. And then Ray actually helped me uh, with the Bill McAnally ride, get me in there too. So uh, it's been 21 years now since you drove that number 16 Napa car for BMR to that Winston West championship. Is it at all hard for you to believe when you uh, still see that car on the track to this day with same car number, similar paint scheme, and still having success year after year, just just knowing that uh, you know you were the first driver to capture the big prize behind the wheel of that car? Yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool to be there, the you know the first year and and get the championship, and I think that kind of set the standard for for everybody else uh, because they had done it, and it seemed like every year since then, Bill's stepped the program up, and you know now he has multiple cars, and um, you know it's it's a pretty cool deal for him. Well, Sean, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and helping us relive that 1999 NASCAR Winston West Series championship season with you. It's uh, It's been a year of many milestones for Bill McAnally Racing, getting to championship number 10 this year with driver Jesse Love, and it was the 30th anniversary for Bill McAnally Racing with Napa Auto Parts as the sponsor, and they even hit that 100-win milestone this year as a team, and uh, you're a huge part of all these accomplishments coming to fruition and so I want to give you the opportunity here to wrap this up with your own message to Bill McAnally, the BMR team and organization, as we wrap up a historic season for them all. Yeah, I'd like to congratulate them on a on a hundred wins and uh, ten championships. Uh, it, it's amazing, and uh, I, you know, Bill is uh, Bill is the staple of Winston West. He 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 never stopped digging on the highs and highs and lows, and uh, you know, it, it's really nice to see him. Uh, have all these great accomplishments. Well, Sean, it, uh, it's been great to hear from you and talk with you about your great season with this race team. Thank you again for joining us on the special edition of BMR Access. Well, thanks for having me. Everybody stay safe. So great to have Sean Woodside here on the BMR Access show for the first time. Always great when someone joins the show that has not been on BMR Access previously. It was great to talk to Sean about that 1999 NASCAR Winston West Championship the original championship-winning driver for Bill McAnally Racing. So there you have it, folks. You've heard from the seven drivers who made up all ten of Bill McAnally Racing's Arkham Menards West and previously NASCAR West Series championships. That was Sean Woodside, 1999 NASCAR Winston West Series champion, 2000 and 2001 NASCAR Winston West Series champion Brendan Gaughan, 2008 and 2010 NASCAR Camping World West and K&N Pro Series West champion Eric Holmes. And of course, Eric Holmes also won the 2006 championship prior to joining BMR. Then 2015, NASCAR K&N Pro Series West champion Chris Eggleston, followed by 2016 and 17, NASCAR K&N Pro Series West champion Todd Gilliland, 2019, NASCAR K&N Pro Series West champion Derek Krause, and of course, 2020 Arkham Menard Series West champion Jesse Love. So we're not quite done with our guests for today's show. At the top of the show, I called this a special edition of the show, and a special edition it is indeed. This year at Utah Motorsports Campus, Jesse Love picked up Bill McAnally Racing's 100th win as a race team, a huge milestone for the BMR organization. And coming up next, we are going to talk to the very first driver to win behind the wheel of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car for Bill McAnally Racing. He drove for BMR in 1998. He finished third in the point standings and picked up one win at Portland Speedway. 
Coming up, we are chatting with the first ever BMR race winner, Gary Smith. This segment is brought to you by BMR Napa Auto Care Centers. BMR Napa Auto Care is a quality independent repair business with the best reputation in the community. Consumers consistently select BMR Napa Auto Care because of the trust and confidence they have in Napa quality parts and Napa Auto Care's commitment to excellence and best-in-class service. Taking care of your car is an important part of protecting your investment and protecting your family. 916-676-0010 or online at bmrnapa.com. Two locations, Roseville and Antelope, and both will deliver to you the same great BMR service. That's BMR Napa Auto Care. Championship service for a championship team. Nice enough to join us on the show, former driver of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car for Bill McAnally Racing back in 1998. He's the driver who picked up BMR's very first win in the NASCAR Winston West Series. He's coming to us from British Columbia. It's Gary Smith. Gary, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Well, Gary, uh, we appreciate you being here, and uh, you got the uh, the first win for BMR. And uh, for multiple years, you were uh, regular in the NASCAR Winston West Series. You raced with BMR in 1998, but we also saw you racing with some other teams uh, before 1998. And after uh, after your season with BMR, you ultimately made your final NASCAR West start in 2004 at Evergreen Speedway. So you've been out of the West Series circuit for some time now. What have you been up to lately, and how much are you still keeping up with uh, the racing that goes on in what's now the Arkham Menard Series West, or even at the higher levels of NASCAR competition? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's hard to believe it's been um, over 25 years, I guess, since we got that win for Bill. And um, Yeah, for the most part, I you know I keep an eye on the race results and stuff like that, but definitely not involved like I used to. And uh, no, I guess the, one of the guys I do follow is uh, BMR Racing, for sure, since I had a bit of a part of it. Absolutely. And uh, let's, uh, let's talk a bit about the beginnings of your time in the NASCAR West Series, because you ran full-time for the first time in 1997. You picked up uh, two wins, finished third in the standings, and you even captured Rookie of the Year. And at this time, you're racing against you know veteran like Butch Gilliland, battling guys like Sean Woodside, and even Kenny Schrader is running several of the races at this point. So given the competitiveness of the series at that time, uh, how proud are you of the accomplishments you had in your, your early days in the series? No, I'm very proud. Um, yeah, I thought we were very successful in the early days uh, when I got into the good rides with uh, uh, Bill Strouser, and I ran for Dick Mitchley a bit, and Bernie Helber, and then ultimately running uh, that one three quarters of a season, I guess. It wasn't even a full season for uh, Bill McAnally there in 98. We had uh, we had Todd Gilliland on the show a little bit earlier, and his family ties to the series are pretty strong. And I know it was a, a big point of pride for him to achieve what he was able to in the West Series, given that his grandfather, Butch Gilliland, had so much success in the series, as well as his father, David Gilliland, winning races there. And now uh, your ties to the series are quite strong as well. Your father, Roy Smith, won four championships in the NASCAR Winston West Series. How big of a deal was that for you to race in that very series where he accomplished so much? and to have some success of your own in Winston-West competition as well. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I grew up and watched my dad in the early 80s win uh, three consecutive championships and um, and then come back in 98 to win another one. So, yeah, when I got that full-time ride, uh, I was very excited and optimistic that, um, you know, I could carry on that tradition with a couple more championships and just fell out, fell a little bit short there, third a couple of years, and we did get rookie of the year. Um so, yeah, I, I'm happy. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing I did in my racing career. Now, well, let's talk about your uh, relationship with team owner Bill McAnally, because before you're racing the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car for him, you're racing against him as competitors in the Winston West Series. 
Uh, when did you first get to know Bill McAnally, and what do you remember about racing against him? Yeah, I got to know Bill in 97 of my rookie season. Um, you know, he was definitely a good, clean racer. Um, you know, always a contender for top tens and stuff like that. Um, didn't really have much door-to-door racing with him, but um, definitely was a guy that I could go and approach and ask him uh, some questions. Being a rookie, I, I sort of leaned on everybody in that series. So, And Bill was one of those guys I could go to and um, have a good chat with. We see uh, the BMR team in Roseville now, a big race shop, multi-car team, trophies everywhere throughout the shop. But uh, you're part of this team, you know, at you know the early stages of the uh, the success, and uh, you joined BMR, uh, like you said, uh, you know, a quarter of the way through the 1998 season. You're really the first driver of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car that's not Bill McAnally himself. So, uh, what was this BMR organization like back when you raced with them in '98? And how amazing is it to see what it's turned into in the years since then? Yeah, I got in it when uh, Bill, you know, had a little bit older equipment and was just starting to grow his operation there and had to step aside as being the driver. Um, But, you know, I think we accomplished a lot in that first year and he saw his potential. You know, I think we got four, maybe five second place finishes and picked up that first win in Portland for him. So we were a contender week in and week out with him and, you know, ultimately finished third in the points. Um, you know, because of him, but what he's done in the last 20 some odd years is, is incredible what he's grown that operation to. I mean, it's equivalent to the, the Hendrick and Gibbs and Childress era of when they're dominance, man, in the Winston Cup series. So, yeah, my hat's off to him and what he's done. And for the whole series, not just for his business and BMR racing, he has grown. He's kept the Winston West, uh, the Arkham Menard series now alive. You know, without him, I don't think that series would have flourished. Now, back in that 1998 season, your crew chief was none other than Dwayne Knorr, and that's a name very familiar to uh, even some of the newer BMR fans because he's worked with many BMR drivers in recent years and in the past. Uh, What was it like to work with Dwayne when you ran that 16 car? Yeah, Dwayne and I hit it off right away. He he definitely understood what I needed in a race car. Um, you know, gave me good race cars week in and week out. And um, obviously he carried that on and with many other drivers. So a very smart man. And, and it was a pleasure to work with Dwayne. He actually came and uh, worked with me in the seven car and Bernie Hilver the, in 99 or 2000. I think he come over and was my crew chief there too. So yeah, we had a good relationship. Now uh, let's get to this big win you picked up with Bill McAnally racing in the 98 season. It's the halfway point of the Winston West season. You're racing at Portland Speedway, and you dominated the race. Why don't you tell me a bit about this race and what you remember about it? Yeah, we had a really good race car there. We, um, I remember leading lots a lot. I think we had one or two issues on a couple pit stops. We actually fell back to third or fourth and had to work our way back up to get into that lead. But the car just drove perfectly that day. Um, you know, everything fell in the line. And I remember the last, must have been four or five laps, uh, kind of got a scare there. We, um, the car started to smoke, fell up with smoke, and, and the brake pedal went to the right, right to the ground. And I had no brakes for the last four laps. And I have watched Butch skill and like gain on me there. And put a lot of pressure and I, I was still using the brakes, even though there was nothing there. I was just shooting brake fluid out onto the right rear caliper. So um, it, it was a little bit uh, dicey that we still ended up pulling off that win. And I know Butch raced me clean, but to get that first win and to see the excitement to a team and a team owner like Bill um, to go into victory lane for the first time, that was pretty cool because I had already had a couple wins, but to see a team get their first win and be a part of it, that was huge. So that was good. 
You began that uh, 1998 season on a different team like we talked about uh, before joining BMR in race number five at uh, Topeka, Kansas, and completed the season in the 16 car. So after you move over to that 16 car, you uh, it's not long before you pick up that first win at Portland, and you mention you know, a bunch of second-place finishes and end up third in the standings. All in all, uh, switching rides in the you know after the season's already begun, that doesn't always go well for drivers when you have to uh, make a big switch like that during the season. Uh, how pleased are you with the success that you guys had under the circumstances? Yeah, I think we did really well. Um, you know, I drove Dick Mitchley's car for the first three races of the season. You know, we were hurting financially for money. Uh, my dad and I were trying to run it, and one of our major sponsors for Banco, uh, Warren Rosori, he got ill, and could, we couldn't continue. So we actually started selling off our tour cars, our hauler, our tools, and everything just to keep going to get to them first three races of the year, hoping something would come about. And then uh, Bill got a phone call after California Speedway, and Bill said, asked me to come and drive his car in Topeka, Kansas. And I think we got a seventh or something there at the road course. And, and after that day, Bill and I sat down, and we got a deal struck up to finish out the year. So, yeah, I think we had a lot of success. Like I say, um, I feel I gave a couple wins away. Uh, one in Bakersfield, I think we should have won. One in Altamont, absolutely should have won. And Monroe. So, like I say, I mean, that team could have had four or five wins that first year. And I think uh, the driver might have let them down on a couple of them. Well, you ended up having a great season, coming third in the points. And uh, that 1998 Winston West Series championship was won, uh, won by none other than Kevin Harvick. And here we are, 22 years later, Kevin picked up nine NASCAR Cup Series wins this year alone. Mm -hmm. Definitely one of the most successful racers to come out of the NASCAR West Series. Uh, what do you remember about racing with Kevin Harvick? Yeah, Kevin was a fierce competitor like he is today in the Cup Series still. Um, he certainly wouldn't give you an inch, but also raced you clean, right? And, you know, I had the utmost respect for him. You know, it came down to me, him, and Sean Woodside. And uh, with the three of us battled it out there, or, you know, for wins, for championships, pretty well every race. So it was a great season. Like I say, it was a good good time of life for that's for sure to be a part of that well uh, as we wrap things up here i, I want to give you a moment to uh, say a few congratulatory words of your own to uh, driver jesse love team owner bill mcanally and the bmr organization on capturing championship number 10 uh, the 30th anniversary with napa auto parts and bill mcanally racing and of course a uh, big milestone year the team eclipsed 100 victories this year and you uh, you got the ball rolling on that you got win number one so uh, the floor is yours yeah. Um, yes. First of all, thank you, Bill McAnally. I really appreciate that opportunity to drive your car in 98, um, to be able to pick up your first win and um, just to catapult you into the success, to have a little piece of the puzzle there. Um, very, you know, very proud of that. And like I say, I got to go to your shop a couple of years ago uh, when Derek Krauss was driving your car and and uh, worked out of your shop on a Transam car. And it's just amazing the shop you have today compared to what you had in 98, how much you've grown, um, and all the drivers he's picked up. He, he can spot talent from a mile away. The guy is very smart. Um, just congratulations, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing a great job. Well, Gary, uh, I'd like to take the opportunity to say thank you for joining us here on the BMR Access Show podcast. It was great hearing from you about the early days uh, with BMR and the 1998 NASCAR Winston West Series season and you picking up that very first win for the number 16 Napa Auto Parts team. Thank you for everything, Gary. Thank you. Thank you. Gary Smith, folks. Big thanks to Gary for joining us on BMR Access. 
It's amazing to think that we are sitting here celebrating such big milestones as 10 championships and reaching 100 race wins as a team here in 2020, and we were just able to talk with the man who scored win number one. Truly special interview to get to be part of. And now we're very close to wrapping up this edition of the show. After all, we are eight interviews in and have recapped all 10 championship seasons. However, it wouldn't be right to have a special episode like this and not include the man himself, team owner Bill McAnally. Bill has accomplished an incredible amount in his time as team owner in NASCAR, and now we welcome him onto the program to talk about the early success, the recent accomplishments, and anything in between. Bill, welcome back to the show. Anthony, thank you. Thanks for all you do, and it's a pleasure to be on the show. Well, Bill, I just mentioned it, 10 championships now. Congratulations on the achievement. Are you uh, starting to worry that you may soon run out of room in the lobby of the shop with all these championship trophies? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, it, it's great to, to share these championships with so many good people. I mean, crew members and drivers and through the years, the different uh, different people we've been able to work with to achieve their goals and dreams and it's uh, it's really fun and rewarding to, to see that happen. It's been a month since the season wrapped up for your Arkham Menard series and your NASCAR Gander Outdoors truck series teams out at Phoenix, but you've been up to quite a bit since then, recently announcing your brand new BMR Drivers Academy that will debut in 2021. Why don't you tell everyone uh, some info about this exciting new opportunity for some up-and-coming young racers? Yeah, it's a new endeavor for us. It's a way to take... 14 drivers and give them 40 green flags. I mean, we're going to race some great tracks, all American speedway, Irwindale, Kern County, Sonoma, Thunder Hill. And if they need mentorship, if they need leadership, we're going to have uh, the right people there that have won races, won championships to help somebody that's being developed. We're getting calls from drivers that are, pretty seasoned and developed i just talked to a gentleman over 60 years old that's from canada that wants to fly in and and he's fought to have his own team and and equipment and he thinks this is a great opportunity for him to come have some fun and so it's it's for all ages we'll definitely test them and make sure that they're they're ready for this step but great opportunity to get a lot of uh, a lot of green flag laps a lot of racing in all the the trips west to be here are going to be jam-packed. I mean, you'll get two feature main events at the minimum, and some weekends we have as as many as six feature main events. So a lot of, a lot of seat time, a lot of racing, a lot of experience on some great tracks that will help you carry your way. You're going to be actually in ARCA cars with a Yates NASCAR spec engine, so what you're learning is it's an illegal ARCA car. So as you move into ARCA racing, as you move to trucks, the chassis components you're learning to tune with from springs, sway bars, track bar, that's what you're going to be seeing as you're moving moving forward up the NASCAR ladder or ARCA uh, full-time, and uh, it'll, it'll give you the knowledge and experience, and you're going to learn how to communicate what your needs are. You're going to learn what you need. And I think it's a great program. It's something that's 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 lacking from a NASCAR weekly track to going to ARCA racing is a big step. This is something in the middle now that'll help drivers with a heavier car with this type of suspension. So we're looking forward to it. 
Well, Bill, as an owner in the Arca Menard series and in the truck series here in 2020, how proud are you of everyone involved that we were actually able to find a way to have a race season this year when at times things didn't always look so promising? Well, it's amazing. I mean, from our team members to our sponsors that support us to NASCAR to the tracks, I mean, every television broadcast, radio, I mean, everybody worked hard to make it work and work together. And it was great to pull the full season in on the ARCA side, the full season in on the trucks, to see the cup do it. What what a, I mean, it just gives you a lot of respect for everybody involved and what, what a team, you know, what an organization to work together and pull us off. I mean, sponsors, we had big activations and hospitalities and events planned that we weren't able to do, but they stood behind us. And we did what we could do. At times, we'd have two people to the races. Some races, we had none. And then some races, we were able to bring 100 or 150. But we, we utilized what we had to work with and made it made it do the best it could for everybody. And it was, it was great that we were able to pull it all together. It really seemed doubtful there for a while. Well, Bill, I definitely want to talk some about your uh, number 19 Napa Power Premium Plus Toyota team with Jesse Love winning the 2020 championship. But before we get to that, this year marked your 30th anniversary with Napa Auto Parts as your sponsor. How proud are you of this relationship with Napa and how long this successful pairing has gone on for? Well, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today without Napa. When we started this relationship back in 1990, I had never even thought about it going 30 years or 10 years or 20. But to have a 30-year relationship with a partner it's just it's a dream come true to have them that long and to build the programs we have with them to help drive their sales and move the needle in selling automotive parts while utilizing our race events and race teams to do that it's been a win-win for all of us and what what a bunch of great people that make that napa brand that it's that brand's built by independent owners all over the country of Napa stores and Napa repair shops and the vendors that uh, supply the products to Napa and all the employees of Napa. It's It's a great family to be a part of, and I couldn't ask for a better sponsor. And you really wouldn't be able to make it this far with this much success without multiple great partners. And another one of those is Toyota. Toyota joined the NASCAR Cup Series in 2007 and then you joined forces with Toyota in 2008. So you've had a long run with Toyota. How key is their support in everything your team's been able to do? Well, Toyota and TRD is another great partner of ours. We're proud. Like you said, I think we're starting our 13th year with them. And uh, great company, great people. They like to do things right. They like to win. They, they're all in, but they expect you to be all in. And it's a great partnership. We all have the same goal and the same vision. And we want to be winning races and putting those Toyota Camrys and Toyota Tundras in victory lane as much as we can. And and uh, they work as hard as we work. I mean, they've got great resources they give us with the sim, getting our drivers uh, time on the sim so they can learn the tracks. We can make chassis adjustments. They've got a lot of engineering they do. Just great partners, great people. We enjoy working with them at the race events and activation, different things we do with them throughout the country, working with the Toyota dealers at the races. 
but uh, and and I, I can't go without mentioning Napa Filters, NGK. We've got some great partners that have been with us for a long time. Gates Rubber Company, Napa Belts and Hoses. It takes a, a lot of uh, a lot of help to do what we do, and we've got some great partners that that help us. That's for sure. You've been unbelievably successful as an owner in NASCAR West Racing. But I know in your earlier days uh, in racing, you were the one driving the car and I believe uh, even have a, a Winston Racing Series championship at All-American Speedway. Can you uh, tell us a bit about your time from behind the wheel? Yeah, no, I, lo- I fell in love with uh, with racing and the competition that it took, the effort, the being prepared. I mean, it's a great support and I, I enjoyed it. I was working at a local utility company and worked on my cars during the nights and would race on the weekends and, and loved, uh, loved what I was doing. And in 1999, I had a chance to, uh, to quit my job at the utility company and chase, chase this full time. And we put our first full time driver in the car that year to help. Uh, I wanted to do it as a business and it's, it's really hard as a driver when you own all the equipment I mean, you're worried, you know, you don't have any money in the bank account and you may not stick your nose in there and do what you need to do to win a race. And it was best for me to be an owner. And uh, probably the best thing I did for my racing career is stop, stop driving the race car. But uh, we've had some great success. I went on the first three years I was out of the race car. We won Winston West championships with Sean Woodside and Brendan gone. And it was the, uh, somebody telling me that you're doing the right thing and you need to be out of the car because they were giving, we were having great success. So I didn't ever want to want to hurt that by getting back in the race car. So it was easy to stay out. And uh, I think it was probably one of the smartest moves I ever made. Bill, when I uh, first met you, one of the first stories you ever told me was one that truly exemplified the obstacles one has to overcome and persevere through to achieve their goals and that was that when you were driving in the Winston West series, your truck and trailer were stolen early in the season. Talk about how unsettling that situation was and how you were over able to overcome the situation. Yeah, no, we had that happen. It was the first full season I was going to run the Winston West, and we had done an appearance for a local Cub Scouts Pinewood Derby the night before and had the truck and trailer loaded and parked and ready to go to Mesa Marin for our season opener, and it was stolen and uh, they went through and took what they wanted and dumped over my fuel cans and and lit it on fire and uh, burned burned the rest of the ground to cover their their prints and tracks and it was a sad time I mean ripped my guts out but I had a lot of local people that were behind me and encouraged me and supported me to continue and stay after it and people like Richard Childers calling me and making you know giving me parts and pieces to get my race team going again. It was incredible. And with the outpouring of help that I received, I could, it empowered me to, to be better than I ever had been. And we, we kept digging and got it put back together and uh, made several races that year. And then the next year we ran the full season for the first time. But uh, yeah, that was definitely a challenging time. I, uh, it, it was uh, something you don't, don't want to, to have happen as hard as you work putting it together have it all disappear in one night like that when you think about tough situations like that one and i'm sure 
there were other uh, less uh, extreme examples of tough situations that you were in, you know, earlier in your time as an owner in the series. But when you look back on all the things like that that happened to you, I mean, does it feel even more unbelievable to be sitting here, you know, with 10 championships and all these great things that have happened? Well, it's, uh, it just proves that, you know, if you've got a dream and you're willing to work hard for it and willing to, to uh, climb those hills and dodge those obstacles as much as you can, that anything's possible. And that's what I encourage our young drivers and crew members. You know, it's if you just sometimes you might take a turn in the road and have to do things a little different, but just don't don't forget your dream. And it's always possible. And it's took a lot of people to help get those 10 championships you'd talk about a lot of crew members, a lot of sponsors, a lot of people working long and hard nights to get us where we could do that. And it wouldn't be possible without all the support of all the great people. Well, you mentioned those young drivers and that's one thing that was very unique about your 2020 Arkham and series West season is that you rolled out a lineup of drivers that were all in their rookie seasons and uh, you're big on driver development but I'm sure having the team be made up entirely of rookies presented some new challenges. What was the program like for you guys in 2020? Well, I mean, we had, they were good drivers, all very talented um, that we lined up for, for last season and uh, they all did a great job. I mean, some of them have never been in a stock car or the asphalt very, very little. And like for Geo Selzy, for instance, it, made him realize that he wants to follow his career on dirt. You know, he spent a year, won a race, did a great job for us, but it let him realize that his passion and his love is racing in the world of outlaws and in the dirt in sprint cars. And unfortunately we spent a year with him to determine that's where, where he needs to be and where he wants to be. And he's moving that direction, but all four drivers, Holly Holland, uh, Gracie Trotter, Jesse Love, Young, and they paid their dues at different levels. And it was an extreme pleasure to work with all four of them throughout the season. An unfortunate thing about the way the 2020 race season had to play out, primarily without fans in the stands, is that it really didn't give the fans of the sport a great opportunity to get to know your championship driver, Jesse Love, that well during his incredible rookie championship season. What can you say about everything he's been able to accomplish here at such a young age, and how proud are you of him? Well, Jesse's a a very special young driver. He's uh, so mature and has so much experience at the age of 15. I mean, when I first tested him, he was 14 years old, and uh, his dad and himself have surrounded themselves with good people. Uh, Toyota and TRD are very much involved in in Jesse's development and they've proven themselves at every level they've been in and they race a lot. I mean, Jesse will run a hundred, he was ran a hundred times a year before I put him in a car. Um, He was running sprint cars and midgets and everything that, that had wheels. He was racing. It seemed like, but he did, did a great job in the race car. He's got very good communication. He knows what he needs out of a race car and he works really good with the team as far as the feedback and the communication and they need to get the car as right as they can for him. But uh, he's got a bright future. It was a lot of fun working with him this year. And we're, uh, 
we'll see what the future brings. Another huge milestone that Jesse Love helped you guys reach this year was the 100th win for Bill McAnally Racing. This was uh, accomplished race number two of the season at Utah Motorsports Campus. What does a milestone like that mean to you? Well, it was it's big to share that with all our sponsors and team members and everybody that's been involved. There's so many people that helped create that. I mean, it goes back. Our first win was in 1998. So uh, to, it took, took a while to hit 100. But uh, when you're only racing 11, 11 to 18 times a year, depending on how many East races we're doing, um, it takes a while to achieve that. But pre- pretty amazing, and it was great to share with everybody. And so many people helped earn that. Well, Bill, as we wrap up here, I want to give you a moment to say a few words to the drivers, crews, and employees of the BMR organization in reflection of becoming 10-time series champions in ARCA and NASCAR West competition, and of course on 30 years with NAPA and those 100 wins as an organization. Well, it's it's been amazing uh, to to achieve those goals and to work with NAPA for 30 years to win those 10 championships, but it's definitely a team effort there's a lot of people through the years unfortunately people that didn't get to to be here even for one championship or 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 a win that have contributed and been a big part of that but it comes down to the people and from the people that sponsor us to the people that are putting the race cars together to drive the race cars to haul them to the racetrack it takes so many people that are working hard and working to be the best at what they do to achieve those goals and i just want to thank them all and and uh and know that they were all part of it it's been uh it's been a long road and a lot of people have contributed to that couldn't appreciate them more well bill congratulations on all these great achievements for you and your race team this year thanks for taking the time out of your day to be on the show no problem anthony you take care thank you for everything you do Huge thank you to the boss, team owner Bill McAnally, the original driver of the number 16 Napa car in the NASCAR West Series, 10-time championship winning car owner and co-owner of the number 19 NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoors Truck Series team. Not only was this a great year for Bill McAnally Racing, but longtime sponsor Napa had a great year as well, obviously winning the 2020 Arkham Menard Series West Championship with Jesse Love and the number 19 Napa Power Premium Plus Toyota team but also winning their second consecutive World of Outlaws NOS Energy Sprint Car Series Championship with Brad Sweet and the number 49 Napa Auto Parts team with Casey Kane Racing, and finally capturing the NASCAR Cup Series Championship with Chase Elliott and the number 9 Napa Auto Parts Chevy team in Hendrick Motorsports. Congratulations to Napa, and congratulations to all the members of these race teams that have accomplished so much in a very trying 2020 race season. It's truly remarkable to be sitting here recording a podcast after a completed 2020 race season. At many times, it looked like we were not going to get to this point where we're crowning champions at the end of the season. But thanks to the hard work of all the motorsports sanctioning bodies and all the race teams, they made it happen. Before I wrap up, I want to remind everybody to check out Bill McAnally Racing's page on SoundCloud. You can catch every archived episode of BMR Access podcast on there and on Apple Podcasts. I know this is one of the first episodes we've done in quite some time, but please feel free to subscribe and listen to any of our episodes of the show from your current and former BMR drivers. Also, check out the all-new BMRDriversAcademy.com to get all the info on the brand new racing program that Bill McAnally Racing will be debuting in 2021. 
40 race season over 18 weekends, All-American Speedway, Irwindale Speedway, Kern County Raceway Park, Sonoma Raceway, and Thunder Hill Raceway. Check the new site out, learn all about the new program, and stay tuned for more information as it arrives on this exciting new racing series. I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to this uh, very extended edition of the BMR Access Show. I know we had a very long podcast for you today, but the guests were all phenomenal, and it wouldn't have felt right to do a show like this without all the drivers that make a show like this possible in the first place. We're talking about 10 championships for BMR, 100 race wins. It would be wrong to do this and leave any of these guys out. I want to end my part of the show here by extending one last congratulations to Bill McAnally Racing and Napa Auto Parts on 100 wins becoming 10-time ARCA and NASCAR West Series champions, and on celebrating 30 years together for BMR and NAPA. But I'm going to let some other folks close out the show here, welcome in some friends of BMR with their special messages to the team. Thank you for tuning in to BMR Access, the official podcast of Bill McAnally Racing. I hope everyone has a great holiday season, and motorsports season 2021 is just around the corner, especially if you've been able to listen to the entirety of this very long podcast. I'm Anthony Alejandrez. Now here's Brandon McReynolds, former BMR driver, and some more friends with some special messages. Wow, Bill McAnally, what can I say? Congratulations to you, Napa Auto Parts, Jesse Love on your 10th championship. It's unbelievable what you've been able to do. I hate back in 2014 and 15 that we weren't able to get a championship for you. I know Chris Eggleston came through in 2015, but I can't thank you for being such a good friend, such a great mentor, and such a great advocate for our sport congratulations to you napa and jesse love like i said and how about 30 years with napa auto parts pretty unbelievable what you guys have been able to put together and i'm just glad i was a small part of that puzzle piece and that relationship that you've been able to grow with napa over time thank you so much for everything you've done for myself and my family and uh, congratulations bill and to all involved at bmr and napa Hey everybody, this is Riley Herbst. I just wanted to give a quick congratulations to Bill McAnally Racing and congratulate Bill McAnally and everybody on the 30th anniversary with Napa. Um, I know how important that sponsorship is and their 10th championship. It was so much fun for me to drive for such a great organization just a few years ago. I look forward to see you guys keep dominating the West Series and um, see many more championships in your future. So congratulations and uh, talk soon. Hey Bill, it's Patrick Staropoli your uh, favorite racing doctor. Just wanted to give you a big congratulations on uh, 10 championships and, and 30 years with Napa. Uh, both of those are huge accomplishments, man. Uh, winning on the racetrack and, and having a sponsor uh, back you like that for, for 30 years, I think really goes to show you what a great team owner you are and, and what a great uh, empire you've built, uh, not only out there on the West Coast, but across the country. Um, you know, Thank you very much again for, for my opportunity. I know uh, my dreams came true when I had the chance to, to drive for you and get the win out there in Irwindale, California. So uh, here's to 10 championships, a ton of race wins, and, uh, and many more, man. Congratulations. Hey, everybody. It's Ron Caps. First of all, Bill McAnally Racing and Bill McAnally just celebrated the 10th Arkham Menards West Coast Championship. 10. Okay. And on top of that, the biggest and coolest thing is 30th anniversary with Napa Auto Parts. Now, when I came on board with Napa, and I've had a pretty good run uh, representing Napa, but it was Bill McAnally that I went to for advice. Bill McAnally that that I really tried to emulate on and off the racetrack and watched how he carried himself, how he treated sponsors and customers and uh, race fans. And uh, it's just so easy to do my job when I can look over and see what Bill's doing. So 
once again, man, setting the bar high. But uh, Bill McAnally, uh, so happy for you and your team on both occasions, the 30th anniversary and the 10th championship. So once again, congratulations. Hey, Bill, this is Peyton. Consistency is something that's hard to find in racing these days. But Napa Auto Parts, Bill McAnally, and championships remain consistent year after year. I had the opportunity to drive the number 16 car and win races, and I treasured every moment of it. I just wanted to congratulate you, Deanna, and the entire Bill McAnally family on everything they've done with all the accomplishments throughout the years. Congratulations. Enjoy it. Hey, Bill, it's Julia Landauer, and I just wanted to send you and the entire Bill McAnally Racing Team a huge congratulations on your 10th championship. It is so impressive. You guys are a great organization. I'm thrilled that I was able to be a part of it back in 2016. And you should also be quite proud of 30 years with Napa. That's, that's really wonderful to continue that partnership. And overall, you should just be so proud of yourself. So I wish you the best of luck in your future seasons. And again, congrats. Hey Bill, this is Austin Cameron, blast from the past. I just wanted to call and say uh, congratulations to BMR and Jesse Love on a 10th championship in the West Series. Absolutely amazing. On a second note, the 30th anniversary with Napa, match made in heaven. You have done so much with your team since I met you back in the day. Uh, very proud of you and congratulations once again. And give uh, Deanna and Alex and uh, Haley a big hug for me and just want to let you know that you have definitely shaped my future in life and uh, I've learned a lot of life lessons from you and my experience racing with Napa and BMR and uh, wouldn't trade it for anything. Congratulations. What's up guys? This is Napa Racing IndyCar driver Alexander Rossi and I just want to congratulate Bill McAnally, Jesse Love, and the BMR team on their 30th anniversary with Napa and the 10th Arkham Menards West Championship. Hell of an accomplishment, guys. Congratulations. Enjoy the offseason and uh, hope to see the track uh, sometime in 2021. This is Paulie Haraka congratulating Bill McAnally, the whole Bill McAnally racing team, Jesse Love, Napa Auto Parts on another NASCAR championship. Uh, I am so proud to be a part of the legacy uh, of this race team. And I always loved celebrating wins with the Napa family, with the store owners, the team members, the customers. Uh, Napa on the whole just has such a special culture. And just like the BMR, one big family culture. And uh, congratulations on adding even more trophies. Uh, Bill is going to need to build a bigger shop to house all of the 30 years worth of trophies. Uh, and congratulations to Jesse uh, on putting your name on one of them. Larry Mack here. Bill, I just wanted to send my congratulations to you and everyone at Bill McAnally Racing for everything you've accomplished and that you continue to accomplish. Congratulations to you, Jesse Love, everybody at Bill McAnally Racing on this 10th championship you guys just sewed up back here in 2020. But probably most notably, Bill, congratulations on celebrating your 30th anniversary with Napa Auto Parts as a sponsor. Uh, I know how much you value that and how much they value you because Bill McAnally Racing, they take care of business on the track and off the track. I know that because of Brandon driving that number 16 Napa car for two years, and I'm sure you will be with them for many more years to come. Good luck on everything you have going on in 2021. 
Uh, stay safe, be well, and happy holidays. Take care. Brad Sweet here, driver of the Napa Auto Parts number 49 on the World of Outlaw Tour. I just want to congratulate Bill McAnally Racing on 30 years with Napa and 10 championships. Uh, what an accomplishment. Uh, I know how hard it is to win championships. So from one champion to another, congratulations. And uh, we're always pulling for you guys. Hey, Bill, it's Ralph Shaheen. I just wanted to reach out and congratulate you and the entire Bill McAnally Racing Organization on championship number 10 and 30 years of an affiliation with a great sponsor like Napa. Just incredible. One of the top organizations in all of American motorsports. Way to go. Pretty good for an old street stock driver. This is Emmett Bird, and uh, I would just like to take this opportunity to congratulate Bill McAnally Racing on 30 years with Napa Auto Parts. Uh, it's been one of the best sponsorship team combinations that you can think of in any form of motorsports. Uh, and then with that, of course, comes the 10 championships. And uh, when you think about how hard it is to accomplish that, either from a team standpoint or from a driver standpoint, it's just extremely hard to do. And that is quite an accomplishment. I first met Bill when I was working at Napa Auto Part in the corporate office, and we had a lot of different things that we could work with as far as sports marketing. But uh, the one thing that I found out very quickly was that dollar for dollar, Bill McAnally Racing provides the best return on investment uh, that you could ask for. Uh, we had a lot of really good things work at that point in time. We had a truck team with DEI. Well, we had a lot of race sponsorships, but uh, one of the things we quickly found out was uh, that working with Bill, we always got tremendous for our buck. Uh, and in addition to that, with uh, with Bill, what you get is you get integrity, uh, you get honor, and you get commitment, the commitment to be the best that they possibly can. Bill was actually driving the car when, uh, when we first started working with him, but um, he is obviously... Uh, over that amount of time, uh, dedicated himself as one of the best team owners in, in any type of motorsports that you could possibly imagine, especially in NASCAR. I've worked with a lot of different people, and I've made friendships uh, in NASCAR with a, with a lot of, of really good people, Richard Petty, Richard Childress, Kyle Busch. But I can honestly say I'd have to put Bill McAnally Racing and Bill McAnally right at the top when it comes to working with them. They always over-deliver. They always exceed expectations in every way. He has been able to build a team that is a Hendrick or Gibbs-like team for the level of success that he's had on the West Coast. In addition to what he's done with the West teams, uh, Bill's been very successful. Every time he's gone up in his weight class, uh, he also built a very successful truck team uh, for Brendan Gaughan and those guys and, and uh, had some tremendous success particularly at Texas, they were just really, really hard to beat. I've got to say this. If I was a NASCAR Cup owner at this point in time, what I would do is I would hire Bill McAnally to run my race team and move him to Charlotte. I know he probably doesn't want to do that. He's got a good thing where he is, but uh, nobody can run a race team quite as effectively as Bill, and, and that's obviously shown up in all the championships, but more importantly, how many people keep a sponsor for 30 years? Pretty incredible. You've been listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show on BMRNapa.com. 